Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on 1800. KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 is the number to call here this afternoon. And uh, we're going to be talking about the mayoral election, some new numbers coming out. We're going to just come right out and share with you the rhyme and the reason and you know how you can get involved with the fight for the 505 and talk about the stats and these numbers. So if you guys have pen and paper and uh, you political strategists out there, you can certainly uh, do so uh, as well. Looking forward to uh, talking about that, changing our city. I'll tell you, you change a city, you can change the rest of the state. I think it's very important. And to have uh, this is the first day of voting. Uh, you could go, have gone to uh, the county clerk's office uh, to go ahead and uh, sign up as early as 8 a.m. this morning. I unfortunately did not get that opportunity, but I certainly hope that I will. And I've got a lot of... A lot of information for you, so we're going to go ahead and uh, do that. We have uh, D. Dowd uh, along for the ride here in hour number one, and uh, no doubt that you guys can subscribe to rockoftalk.chat. Sort of interesting, you know, the things that are kind of happening right now and things that are going on overall. You know, I'm a busy guy. I run a business. I'm running for mayor. I'm doing a lot of stuff, you know. And for when people try to tell me that they don't have time in their own life to do certain things, it it just drives me absolutely insane. Uh, So... I will tell you, um, you know, save the drama for the llama, as we have here at our sticker here at our city. We don't compare about complaints, sniveling, or anything else. We're here to change the city. It is uh, absolutely that uh, uh, straightforward. Uh, D. Dowd Muska is very, uh, very, very busy himself. So let me just share some information with you, and we're going to go super slow, meaning this is going to get boring. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I like to get really boring just to kind of prove a point and give some information so we can get through. Okay. And so you can slowly and deliberatively understand now full transparency, I think is the utmost importance, not just when you're serving government, but when you're criticizing government and any politics uh, that are out there. Okay. So we're going to start with, there will be a runoff in the 2021 mayoral election. There's zero chance that it won't be. If Manny was just in the race, okay, and by the way, my two competitors, Tim Keller and Manny Gonzalez, are welcome to be on the radio station. All I have to do is issue that disclaimer, and then they can write me and tell me they want to be on there. There will be a a runoff in the 2021 mayoral election. I'm going to be absolutely and abundantly clear with you, okay? I have not been that interested in raising a whole lot of money until today, okay? Then I'm going to go, we needed a little bit of money to get started. We needed to get some things. We needed to get some basics out of the way, okay? We had to get some billboards. We had to get the all the stuff. Now, let me tell you going forward, okay, I have the momentum, and now I'm all about raising money because there will be a December election, okay? And this will all set up very differently uh, I'm at a debate tomorrow, but it will set up very differently than you expected. This isn't going to be done and over with on November 2nd. Even Dowd himself can tell you that already, uh, looking at the, this race. Now, the paper, it's this sort of upstart blog site that sort of is acting as if it's this, you know, 
central repository for news, they spent $9,900 or $9,500 on putting out some information. We didn't share it yesterday, but the stadium is also going to go to a defeat at this point. Okay. And it's nothing that Manny has said. Manny Gonzalez has said, I am Eddie Aragon. Say it with me. Say it with me. Eddie Aragon, top of the ballot. Okay. First choice in the ballot. Get used to that. I'm sorry to speak at you in a different tone today, but I need you to get some information. I do not want to hear any pieces of information coming into the radio station. And it comes in as Manny Aragon, please. Okay. We, I, I don't know where we're at in terms of paying attention to politics, but Manny is a criminal. Okay. That's the other Manny. Okay. That's, that's what he did. And, and Manny was a Democrat. Okay. So you got that out of the way. So the paper put out and they got 793 responses prior to the debate. Okay. So they got 793 responses prior to the debate. Now, remember, I was still being challenged as of September the 10th of this month. Last time I checked, that's not even a month away. So officially, you want to count that. You look at the amount of time I've been officially in the race. It's really been a month. And I've dominated not one, not two, but three debates. Okay. And this, this information has taken these two debates happened after the survey was conducted uh, by this firm. Now, this is the paper. This is, the fir- this is really good news, by the way. This is really good news. The first public poll of the mayor's race, and it's great news for me, really good, okay? Because we have yet to take in, oh, who's Eddie Aragon? Are you doing, what are we doing? The paper, Pat Davis's paper, published a poll of 793 likely voters that showed are looking for someone other than Tim Keller, the incumbent. Stop there. Stop from the standpoint that this race was never even reach in reach for Manny Gonzalez. That tells you right there that me coming into this race and making sure we have an extended election that goes all the way to December is vital. It's important. These two men, these two Democrats have wasted, what, five months? April, May, June, July, August, count them, dealing with fraud. Actually, it went all the way until September. Six months of your time fighting over ballots, not talking about the issues. You understand that? You understand, like, how incredibly selfish that is? Both of these men stood on the mayoral stage back in 2017, okay? They decided to argue over all this stuff, and they did so for six months. For you guys who come in and tell me that I'm splitting the vote, you are now proven wrong. You're an idiot. You are an idiot, okay? You have yet to talk about the issues. The issues didn't get started talking about until I came into the race, and now people, as a majority, have just voted for Tim Keller to get out of office, okay, first and foremost. And remember, one I had only been in one debate at that time, and I had two other debates, and this has come in. This is good news, very good news. Here we go. Remember, Tim Keller's the incumbent. Manny, was the, Manny Gonzalez was the guy that helped him get elected. 
There will be a runoff. Eddie has only been in the race exactly 30 days officially today after staving off a challenge to his campaign on a technicality and dominated by three and dominated the three debates. He's got plenty of opportunity ahead. We have plenty of opportunity ahead without any quote, quote unquote, and from a leftist paper. This is the most important thing. The leftist paper. We don't know how they surveyed and did all this stuff. I didn't see this survey in the last Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We got we got someone who needs to go ahead and we need some attention right in the middle of my show. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Uh, hey, Dad, why don't you go ahead and and talk? We're going to deal with this right now. Uh, go ahead and, and keep talking and jump back into the, the last write up that is uh, available on RockofTalk.chat. I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of running for mayor and everything else, Dowd. And uh, I understand some people need uh, immediate attention. Let me go ahead. Let me deal with that. Uh, no worries. Uh, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, D. Dowd Muska with you for a few minutes here while candidate Aragon uh, takes uh, takes some uh, deals with some important issues. Uh, I won't get into this this poll, but it's it's very very interesting. If you if you added up the anti Keller candidates, um, if you claim that say a certain Republican registered candidate was taking the vote away from Manny, that still only adds up to 42 with Keller at 47 in a straight up one-on-one sheriff versus the mayor's race with the state of Albuquerque being what it is in a straight-up race if you were not beating Tim Keller by 15 points <clears throat> wow uh, quite interesting there's so many directions I could go on this anyway ladies and gentlemen reading from uh, the rock of talk dot chat check us out at rock of talk dot chat quote of the day is from a female founding mother And this is Abigail Adams, wife of John Adams. I am more and more convinced that man is a dangerous creature and that power, whether vested in many or a few, is ever grasping. And like the grave cries, give, 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 the great fish swallow up the small. And he was most strenuous for the rights of the people when vested with power is as eager after the prerogatives of government. A uh, little advice from our uh, founding mother. Uh, today is, let's see, give me the, let me give you the days. It is National Do Something Day, Do Something Nice Day, National Fruit at Work Day, that's a bit of a stretch, National Storytel- Storytelling Day, Global James Bond Day. Uh, I guess they're uh, on their way to uh, canceling and deplatforming and neutering James Bond. Uh, we don't want to even get into that. On this day in 1905, the Wright brothers piloted their Wright Flyer III in a record flight Okay, they went 24 miles back in 1905, 24 miles in the air in 39 minutes. That's our historical uh, look uh, of, at the day. And also, uh, on this day in 1979, in music history, ABBA, some people say ABBA, ABBA. There we are. Yeah, some people ABBA. say ABBA, uh, visited the White House while on, its, on their only tour of the United States, and they met with none other than the president's senior advisor on nuclear affairs, Amy Carter, back in 1979. Oh, Interesting go. historical note. All right, let's go back to the uh, news. Thanks, uh, Dowd. we got to go ahead and uh, take care of people who uh, definitely need uh, more attention right up front, uh, and uh, we handled that. Okay, so let's get back to this, this write-up here. Okay, so we just looked at this, and we, we've told you there's going to be a runoff. We told you a majority of people are looking to replace Tim Keller. That's first, okay? Because they've told you that Tim Keller has more than 50%. They're going to put out a poll that's going to say that Tim Keller has more than 50%. That's what they're going to do. That's called voter suppression. Polls are are voter suppression. Understand that, okay? You need to understand that. All right. We qualified within two weeks. We got 11% 
without any name recognition, any built-in. Uh, Manny Gonzalez has 21% and 47% for Keller with 21% undecided at this point. The chances of Keller getting any more support at this point are nil. He can't actually go up in the polls. He can only go down, okay? And the only place that Manny's going to be able to pull from is going to be coming directly from the left. So you can start to understand and see how this works, okay? This is a, a, a slow burn in a very, very quick timeline, all right? So the poll was conducted before the last two debates where both of these men, the sheriff and the mayor, were both dominated. Now, Manny and Keller have been campaigning for six months for the top city hall job. How is it that neither one of them, and certainly not Manny, neither one of them, how is it after six months that Manny only has 21%? Even worse, how is it that Tim Keller doesn't have a majority? If you've been campaigning to keep your job, you should have more than you should have. If I was truly a non-entity, this didn't matter. I said, okay, well, it's fine. We didn't get on that quick. We beat this. We beat this. We beat this. We won the debates. We did all this stuff, right? And so we've continued. Here we go. We'll continue here. So 21% of poll respondents are not yet sure who they vote for next month as mayor. Not only will we pull from that, but from more people who didn't realize that this poll was conducted before the debates. So here you go. Keller and Manny carry heavy opposition going into the race. This We're going to uh, clip some of the stuff, only 793 respondents, so that gives you about a uh, 3%, uh, 3 to 3.5% swing. Keller, from his disastrous record on crime, homelessness, and bending the knee to the governor's draconian lockdown policies, Manny for endorsing, then unendorsing, both Keller and Michelle Lujan Grisham, also for his shared role in the local crime surge at this point, and his multiple ethics violations, fines, court battles, following allegations that his campaign committed voter fraud in the qualifying phase of the race. That's all they've been talking about. What the voters are telling you on this leftist poll that came out is that a majority of even the left is looking for somebody other than Keller and Manny. Eddie Aragon, me, will be at the very top of the ballot. This is an opportunity to go ahead and go through this and share this with everybody that you can. I want you, once we podcast this, they're going out, share this with everybody. They weren't expecting this. They also weren't expecting the stadium defeat. That seems to be coming their way. That's also coming for Peter Travesiani. These people are in full panic mode because in less than 30 days' time, their entire campaigns have been impacted. This comes directly, and I quote from the paper, after a turbulent, turbulent year under the pandemic and with violent crime reaching all-time highs, almost one-third of Keller's 2017 voters aren't ready to vote for him again. 20% of respondents who say they voted for the mayor four years ago now have an unfavorable opinion of him, and another 12% say they still don't know. One-third of the people who voted for Tim Keller don't want to vote for Tim Keller. They don't know or they have an unfavorable opinion. Does that sound like a mandate of 60% that he had against Dan Lewis four years ago? The political analysis is really easy to see here. 
You have given him your public money to run his campaign for a re-election, of which he's been out ahead, and he's literally lost nearly 17%. 17% of his support. Where's the nomination? Joe uh, Monahan this morning, he wrote... Go to Joe Monahan's as well. Oh, and by the way, when you uh, have the uh, phone on and you're accusing me of being a particular way, it's just very weird. I got to tell you, there's some interesting things going on. Dowd are so scared. They're so scared of this. Okay, so here's this. As early voting begins, listen to this. The Albuquerque Mayor Keller battles overconfidence. You've lost 17 points. Since the time you're elected, what did he win with? Was it was it 63 percent? It was like yeah, a, I think 62. Yeah, 60. Okay, 62. Okay, so it's a 15 point swing as far as this poll is concerned. Sheriff Gonzalez shakes money tree. I don't know why and for what at this point. Okay, and Aragon hits the phones. We've made over 50,600 calls. Here's the number. Okay, we're hitting Republicans, soft Democrats, and independents. Let me give you the numbers so that you have all this stuff, okay? Because this is really super important. I need for you to see this. So this was sent to me at 1 o'clock this afternoon. 52,937 calls, okay? We have 1,678 responses. 574 people of the 1,678 people have responded that they're going to vote for Eddie Aragon. 280 said no. 545 has stated they're undecided. Pretty large number right there. Okay, that's good. And then 279 refused. So we take the 574 against the 1678. And that puts us at 34.2% of that group that we're reaching. We have yet to even be in the race, according to these numbers, because there was no debate. We're less than 30 30, uh, days in. Yet they're already trying to dismiss us. They're trying to run away from the election. Other people are trying not to mention the the election and the fact that there's a Republican in in the race. And again, those competitors who are on the ballot, both Mayor Keller as well, well as Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, are welcome to the airtime here on this air. In fact, if you want to call in now, that would be great. All right. So let's let's continue. Let's continue on this write-up. According to the paper, almost 20% of the respondents who say they voted for the mayor four years ago now have an unfavorable opinion of him. And another 12% say they still don't know. It's only 793 people, but it's worth noting. According to the survey, they also say nobody likes the sheriff. The lone registered Republican in the race does, however, pull votes away from the race's other conservative. They're very, this is what they keep trying to do. They don't realize that both Tim Keller, they do, but they're playing a trick on you. This is what they do. They're trying to trick the entire market. That's what this whole thing is. We want a Democrat. Let's keep a Democrat. Well, how do you make sure that you're going to have a Democrat? Make sure there's no Republican running. Oh, and it's like, oh, Eddie screwed it all up. They have a Republican in the race. Damn it. Oh, it's a nonpartisan race. Don't you know? It doesn't matter. And so they had to push Manny over towards the, to the conservatives. And like, well, it's a nonpartisan race. And Manny has been run out of the progressive 
portion of the uh, Democrat Party, but he's still a Democrat, refuses to be identified other than, other than anything other than a Democrat. So when is a mayor's race partisan? When there is a Republican mayor or when there is a Republican candidate. Otherwise, it's nonpartisan. Don't you know it's nonpartisan? Didn't you realize it's nonpartisan? Okay, let's continue. Nobody likes the sheriff, the lone registered Republican in the race, does pull votes away from the race's other conservative. No, I'm sorry. You're not a conservative if you are registered as a Democrat. Dem- it even says it. Democrat Sheriff Manny Gonzalez. You cannot be a conservative and a Democrat. Don't stop lying to yourself, please. They don't call that any other place in the country other than New Mexico. Some 27% of voters say they would vote for Gonzalez in a runoff after voting for Aragon in the first election. Okay, so how is it that Manny was supposed to get over 50% ever in any of this at any time? And from who? From a 20% level of participation? You're probably going to be seeing something closer to 38 to 40%, hopefully higher. Hopefully every person votes. Is that going to happen? Probably not. Eddie's only negatives are that he's not as well-known. That's about to change, thanks to hundreds of campaign volunteers, literally. The Fight for 505 team has already called 50,000 voters. 1,734 of them have responded, and 600 of them have committed to voting for Eddie. That's nearly 35%, and we're still getting out our message. That's all phones, no advertising anywhere other than word of mouth, and person to person. Have I gotten front page coverage? Have I gotten any of those types of things that that uh, these guys have had six months on? Six months, head time, lead time on this. That's important. It's important that you understand this, okay? Billboards are going up. Commercials are coming out. Flyers will soon blanket the city and dozens of supporters already going door to door to talk about Eddie's plans to clean up our city, not only the streets, but in the halls of local government. So this is super exciting, folks. This is good news, very, very good news, and I'm very happy about it. And it's important that you keep everything in perspective as to what's happened and where. Today's the first day of early voting. We'll send you to the place where you need to go ahead and do so. You guys keep contributing. And now we're going to go ahead and increase our ask because we're headed towards a runoff. There it is. That's the good news. The good news is this race doesn't end November 2nd. This race ends December 7th. That's when this race ends. And I'm going to tell you, the murders are going to go up, both in the county and the city, right? We're going to have more lockdowns and shutdowns. Suddenly there's a spike in the Rona. Did you see that? You see the new spike coming out on the Rona, and they're going to have new mandates and new vaccine implementations. What's happening with Sandia Labs? They gave them until December the 8th to get vaxxed. Interesting timing. I'm getting multiple messages from you guys. We have a city right now in crisis. We've got Sandia National Labs going now till December the 8th. We have oh, just enough, just enough to get you to vote. See, we were, we were nice. We were cool with you. Los Alamos National Labs has already implemented that October the 1st, right? You've seen that. And the hundreds of employers throughout the rest of the city who are reinforcing this stuff. This stuff is not happening in Phoenix, Arizona. This stuff is not happening in Salt Lake City, Utah. This stuff is not happening in Denver, Colorado. This stuff is not happening in Dallas, Texas, or San Antonio, Texas, or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It's only happening in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
The rest of those cities in those states and all five neighboring states are just fine. They're absolutely just fine. Yet Albuquerque has taken a different approach because we know that the governor herself is going to continue to ramrod this agenda of ridiculousness. Have you seen what's happening in Florida? Have you seen DeSantis? Have you seen what we've been able to do in these red states? Realize where you're at. Understand the future of what this state and this city possibly could be if you just have the courage to just step away and walk away from the plank of Democrat politics here in this state. It is bankrupting us. We're losing people. We are absolutely losing opportunity. We are not suggesting that we are open for business. Who better to pitch this stuff than someone who cares deeply, believes in private enterprise, is going to reinforce every single thing that he possibly can to reopen New Mexico, to make sure that crime goes down in every single category, to run the city as he loves it, to open up commerce, to build new buildings, to lay out new housing track developments. Oh, the sprawl. No, we're going to keep pushing forward to open these very, very important cloud kitchens to reopen our and reinvigorate our restaurant industry, to attack corruption, get rid of it absolutely everywhere. And as far as crime concern is concerned, lower every single category. We're going to get rid of you naysayers, you disruptors, the people who are consistently trying to step in the way of this campaign both internally and externally, because we have a rare opportunity to go ahead and change the school board, to change the city council, to change the mayorship, to change the house. And if we do this, they're going to say, no, it can never be done. We believed we knew it could be done. We knew that a majority of people weren't going to say, yeah, we're ready to go ahead with Tim Keller. Do you realize they're going to have to second guess that suppression poll that they're going to put out there? Do you realize that that's what they now have to do? They don't have a poll to actually run with that says, yep, Tim Keller is definitely going to get 50% come November 2nd. Nope, we've got a whole other month. This is going to go all the way till December 7th. And that is really, really, really awesome news. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. I'll take your thoughts, your calls, your texts on any of that information. We continue to pound away and... Uh, and make sure that we're volunteering. I had a great time hanging out with Chris Ramirez today. Took him to the uh, Albuquerque Country Club to go hang out. Uh, really, really nice guy. Really got to know him. We got to hang out, and that was a lot better. And, and uh, you know, he was a former spokesperson, I guess, for the uh, city of Albuquerque and Mayor Richard Berry. And, you know, it's really nice to learn about, you know, these people who are running the city and the good and the bad. You know, I mean, what is Richard Berry known for? He's known for the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. He should actually be known for having bonds that didn't decline, running a good fiscal house. I think that that is uh, also very important. And it was actually nice to hear Dowd that, uh, you know, he didn't completely wreck the city despite the art. But that's what it, what, what it got amplified. And there's no doubt, no doubt that the Democrats that used that to uh, sort of intimidate him into not running uh, back in uh, 2017. So I think that that is an important thing, uh, important distinction uh, to to note there. Anything Eddie, can I can I weigh in first? just sure, real absolutely. quick on the on the on the poll? You know, I've been looking at this for a while. At the end of the day, this is a useless poll. It, it they didn't 
call people until uh, September 20th. They called people on September 23rd. Mm-hmm. The two high-profile debates that were early last week happened after they started polling people. 27th and 28th, um, exactly. They started calling people four days before your profile ran in the largest paper in the metro Correct. area mm-hmm. above the fold. So on the one hand, they're saying, well, people don't know Eddie and Eddie's irrelevant. But then you had days later, Eddie kind of introduced to a lot of people who didn't know about him in these major ways, you know, huge radio debate uh, above the fold profile in the local paper. So wouldn't now be the interesting time to take the poll? I'm not saying I know how the numbers would change, but surely the numbers will change when that 63 percent who are not aware of Eddie becomes aware of him. Some might like him. Some might not. Some might want to know more. But the numbers will change. Why not do a poll when uh, more people are aware of the three candidates. So it's very interesting. It's, you were right, Eddie. You were st- said a couple months ago, watch for these early polls that are going to say the race is over and they've already decided everything. That's exactly what we've seen. This is Pat Davis's publication. Correct. And uh, he's a leftist city councilor. He's a leftist city councilor. The man who wrote this, Carver, is a left-wing activist. He worked uh, for Equality New Mexico, LGBTQ. He was president of Young Democrats of New Mexico in 2013. There you go. You know, come on, guys. You're not fooling anybody. I can't say I know what the numbers are, but I know that the numbers are not, that the numbers you're throwing at us are basically worthless. Yeah, well, you consider the source in, in all of this, and I'm just happy to hear two numbers. The first, the stadium's not going to pass, Okay. And I think that that's only going to grow stronger. The second is, of course, the fact that Tim Keller is not going to get a majority come November 2nd. And all the momentum is coming from me in this race. And it can't come from Manny Gonzalez because he's been in this race. If you look at this, Manny Gonzalez has been in this race for six months. He had the entire time to get it right. He didn't get it right. Six months, 21%. I, I know. If it was actually close, you know what it would have been? I'm going to tell you very quickly. It would have been uh, 47, 35. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you would have told me that, it would be like, oh, well, that's interesting. And and that's the next poll they're going to try and put out. They're going to try and put out a poll like that to try and – and you, you can't because this other poll already exists. And then I've got my numbers, and you've got, uh, you know, uh, the, the operative for – and remember, I don't have a campaign manager and don't need one. Uh, just thank you very much. I, I can tell you that our, you know, uh, guys on our side, uh, the person who's running Manny Gonzalez's campaign is a Republican operative. Manny's not a Republican. And he's trying to use Republican information, even going so far as to go to the RNC, even so far as to going to other locals here so he can try and get it. Dude, I'm not ruining your race, man. I'm the one who just kept your race alive all the way until December. Hey, the best man win. Let's lay it all on the table, and people are just becoming familiar with what's happening. So I'm I'm ecstatic at the timing of when they took this, the information drops that we put out there, and everybody just getting engaged now that we are already voting. And now, if you really look at this, folks, and look at the way that, from my perspective, we're we're actually we're actually voting for the next sixty days. And now I'm coming after, and I'm going to ask every single person to make as much of a donation as you possibly can. And we've got pretty much what we need to go ahead and get to um, November 2nd, okay, for the initial one. I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we're at, what we've done, and, and now it's just all just, just, you know, sewing machine stuff, just showing up, doing the work, showing up, doing the work, getting our message out there, talking about the fact that uh, we're, the, we're the only Republican in the race, uh, talking about the fact that you had Mayor Tim 
uh, Keller and Manny, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez working together. You want to talk about corruption? There you go. There's your corruption right there. Is it Tim Keller with Peter Travestiani? Is it Tim Keller with Michelle Lujan Grisham? Is it Manny Gonzalez with Michelle Lujan Grisham and Brian Colon and, and, uh, and, and what's our attorney general's name? Hector Balderas? You know, and all these, uh, and, and, and Martin Heinrich, who's redistricting, who's literally trying to pull a slam dunk. You've got Martin Heinrich hanging out with Sheriff Manny Gonzalez. Those are the people that got him to where he is at and why he even got elected. Think about that. Why are we bringing him in with open arms? That makes no sense for us as Republicans to go ahead and do that. So Eddie Aragon for mayor. And I would love it. Absolutely love it. Tim Keller, if you uh, are going to come on to our air or Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, come on to our air. Let's debate every single damn day. Let's do this. Let's go over all the issues. Let's go back and forth on this stuff. I am ready. You've been in this for six months. You're not ready. On the KKOB poll that they did yesterday, we got eight votes. Manny Gonzalez got seven. We, Eddie Aragon for mayor, I got to keep saying that, uh, got eight votes. Manny Gonzalez for mayor got seven. Tim Keller got zero. Got zero. All I know is the city of Albuquerque does not want Mayor Tim Keller to be Mayor Tim Keller anymore. That's it. That's what you need to know. They want somebody else. And there's two other guys, and there's a guy with a lot of momentum who's better, barely getting started, and there's another guy who's been in this for six months, and he's tried everything he can and can't, can't get one win. And we were absolutely flawless on our execution in terms of getting those signatures and getting on the ballot, and that's very important. If you want to try and detract from our uh, campaign, if you're going to work from us uh, internally, I'll tell you right now, we're, we're not working with you. We're looking to make this city, save this city. We're not about politics. We're about the people. That's what we way we have been since day one. And, you know, I talked an awful lot about my Democrat underpinnings back in the day and how I got away from all that stuff and how corrupt these Democrats uh, can be and what they do. And we're not going to talk about the polls, the Dominion polls and all this stuff. We're going to get people to turn out. Okay, we've got to get on these crime issues. We've got to get on the mental health issues and the, the homelessness. And we've got to start talking more to these experts. This is this is the platform that will work to turn it around again so we can make this city be livable because it isn't right now. So anyway, I'm fired up. We'll kick off the show uh, when we return. I do want to take the last hour and a half. So we're only going to go to 530 so we get to murder Mike and we're going to go ahead and replay last week's debate so that you can hear it. So I want you guys down. Maybe we should just start right into it. When we return. Would you be okay to listen to that debate from, from last week? I think since we, we already kind of set everything up and let, 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 why don't we do that when we return? We're going to take a quick break. We'll bring it back uh, here. And uh, for you rock of talk TV uh, listeners, uh, we're going to, we're going to cut it off here and then we're going to go into the debate. So we're going to play that the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce, and the KKOB. We're actually going to have Bob Clark on our air, right? I think that's <laughs> that, that's great. So let's all listen to the debate. Let's all get into this and uh, kind of see where this race goes. Back after three minutes, we'll kick off the debate at 445. It'll go till uh, 6.15. Stay tuned. The Rock of Talk is now available on Roku. Just go to search on your Roku device and type in The Rock of Talk. Then download and enjoy. Watch the show live, on demand, get the top 10 news of the day, or watch any of our weekend shows on demand. 
Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy the safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with the purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Lining. Albuquerque-based Pluma Construction Systems provides a full suite of commercial construction services and residential remodeling. Pluma Construction is a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. Visionary Tony Robbins said, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. Whether you are training to run a marathon, starting a new business, or training soldiers, you need to be committed to making that vision a reality. Set clear goals. Be determined and purposeful in achieving them. Back it all up with unshakable self-confidence. If you radiate enthusiasm and are truly excited about what you're doing, people will be naturally drawn to you. The other final ingredient is humility. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In the grand plan of life, if you are spiritually grounded, you will have success because you know who you are and that there is a God and you are not him. This Leadership Minute was brought to you by Pluma Construction Systems. To discuss your construction project, call 505-345-0755 or visit plucys.com. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. All right, and we're back. It's uh, 4.42. We're going to be able to go ahead and run this until the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Then we're going to get your reactions. For those of you who didn't hear and who are just picking this up, um, gather around, grab everybody uh, that you can. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, run the mayoral debate here. Uh, Dowd, you'll you'll be able to uh, uh, see or hear Dowd if you like. I don't know. Should we should we keep that uh, Dowd there? I never leave my computer, ready. If people want to gaze upon me, they can. Oh, we, we lost Dowd. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. What's that? Uh, I never leave my computer, Eddie. If people want to gaze upon me, they can. Okay. We'll, we'll just full screen the Albuquerque mayoral debate. You can see us all there. Uh, they have me properly in front of the uh, United States uh, flag, uh, the uh, the American flag. Uh, I don't know that anybody's ever called it the United States flag. That was a bit weird even for me. Um, so they have me in front of the American flag. They have Manny in the center. I'm not sure why Tim Keller wasn't in the center since he's the incumbent, but I'm assuming they're trying to be uh, deferential, uh, Dowd, uh, to, to Manny's uh, stature at that point. Then, of course, you got uh, Tim Keller. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and play this. Uh, there it is, full screen. For you watching on rockoftalk.tv, uh, uh, you can do that. You can also go to eddiewins.com uh, as well, eddiewins.com, and uh, take a listen to the entire debate. We appreciate everybody for tuning in for the next uh, hour and 15 minutes until the Top of the hour at the 6 o'clock, we'll be playing the 2021 Albuquerque mayoral debate as conducted by radio station KKOB, 770 KKOB and 96.3, as well as the uh, Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce. And news radio, KKOB, 96.3 We are live from the Embassy Suites Hotel here in Albuquerque. We are joined by Norm Becker. Board Chairman of the Greater Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce Board, and I will be asking you questions tonight of the three candidates running for mayor of Albuquerque. And also with the Senior Editor of the Albuquerque Journal, 
who will serve as the debate moderator, ensuring that you and others hear a fair and thorough exchange of viewpoints from all our candidates. Thank you, Bob. It's an honor for us, the Chamber, to be hosting this important debate and to be broadcasting live on KKLP. For those keeping track, the next day is just five weeks away. I'd like to thank the sponsors of this next debate, EM Resources, French Funerals and Cremations, Comcast, Albertsons, New Mexico Mutual, Unirac, Fidelity Investments, Horizon, the University of New Mexico, Western Sky Community Care, True Health New Mexico, and the Bank of in addition to the large radio audience, we have a small in-person audience here at the Embassy Suites. I got to tell you, this is uh, some really bad audio thus far, but uh, it is no fault of uh, 770 KQB. It's simply the people who are recording uh, uh, doing all the audio on this. Not good. So I just want to go ahead and uh, see if we do this. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I can assure you it wasn't this disorganized as it sounds. So uh, the cell phone's going off, all that. Yes, there was somebody who had their cell phone going off, but it was not this disorganized as it sounds. Comment related to the all right, let me fast forward in here. My gosh. Did you get worse audio? KKOB for hosting. There we go. KKOB for hosting. When I think about four years ago, voters trusted me to take on our challenges head on. And they trusted me to address the complexities of those challenges and address the root causes of issues like job creation, homelessness, public safety, crime, even sustainability. And I think over the last four years, we have demonstrated a willingness to problem solve, a willingness to not lurch at one uh, solution or the other, but to look at problems from all sides. And that's what it takes, because these are really tough challenges. And so for us, we have made progress. In many ways, we built a foundation. That foundation is comprised of a new approach towards reform in our police department. It's comprised of new technology to fight crime that's just coming online this winter. It's comprised of things like our Gateway Center to actually help the homeless. It also means our new community safety departments have been innovative across the country. But it also means understanding what we're coming out of last year. Last year was one of the most challenging situations our city has ever seen since the Great Depression. I believe I demonstrated strong and thoughtful leadership that kept people safe. I had to make decisions to save lives and to save livelihoods. And we tried to step up to make sure that businesses were kept alive and also people were kept alive. That, to me, is the true example of what we need from our mayor. And going forward, as you listen to this debate, I know you're going to hear lots of people talking about the problem. And you're going to hear lots of generic terms like constitution or policy. And I would just ask you to listen to the candidates who bring actual solutions, who bring actionable ideas that will address 
the root causes and the real challenges and set us on a better path forward. And I believe that with my leadership going forward for the next four years, we're going to build on that foundation and we're going to lift up Albuquerque. Thank you. Next up, Mr. Gonzalez. Hello, I'm Manuel Gonzalez III. I was born and raised in Albuquerque. I was raised by two loving parents that taught me two things, to work hard and to serve people. Shortly after I graduated from high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps and started that journey of service. I came back after serving honorably and started seeking an opportunity to, to fulfill a calling to serve people and start a family here in Albuquerque. That journey started in 1989 when I joined the Berlin County Sheriff's Office. At the same time I happened to join the Sheriff's Office, my dad was starting a small business venture, and he asked me to be his business partner, and I did. Unfortunately, six years into that, my father passed away, and I had to carry on that legacy of his success, and I did. Two decades of successful business experience after turning what was a upside-down business. But I also had the opportunity to serve where I wanted to the most, and that was with the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. I started from the dust, and I worked my way up to the executive ranks to become the sheriff because I was raised to believe that you could do anything with your life. And that's why I'm standing before you, because right now, Albuquerque needs a leader and not a politician. It has been said, and everybody will agree with me when I ask you, what's the number one issue in Albuquerque? And the number one issue is crime. And you have to be able to fill that box, that prerequisite. You have to have the relationships. You have to have the knowledge. You have to have the experience. You have to be willing to have grown up in this community and make sacrifices like I did when I left my business behind because I wanted to do more for the people. We're in a critical juncture of our time in Albuquerque, and I'm ready to move Albuquerque in the right direction and restore it as a crown jewel of the Southwest. Thank you. Our final opening statement is from Mr. Aragon. Hi, I'm Eddie Aragon, uh, also known as the Rock of Talk, and I'm familiar to many people, and I'm glad to be here this evening and able to qualify to be on this year's mayoral, uh, not just debate, but mayoral race. We qualified within 13 days, 3,305 signatures, and this is a real opportunity for us to turn things around. I, of course, always talk about the problems each and every day on my radio show, but I think more importantly, we do have to talk about solutions. And in that one way, our mayor is correct about that, is we do need to talk about those solutions. I've got a simple platform. It's very easy. And I will run the city as somebody who loves it. I've got five points, the five C's versus city. Run it like somebody who loves it. How about our crime? Reduce every category. No exceptions, not just reducing one category, as we've just seen at the beginning of the month. Commerce, grow it. Stand behind small business. Remove the Albuquerque rapid transit. COVID, challenge it. Not only will I hire a local epidemiologist, but we will challenge the science that has been coming down from our governor, who's handed us not one but two health secretaries, both of whom resigned, and an epidemiologist who's also left. And finally, corruption, remove it everywhere, especially career politicians who have entrenched and impoverished our city. I love the city. I'm the father of two boys. I care deeply as you do, which is why you're all here this evening, and I cannot tell you how much I love the university I graduated from, the University of New Mexico, my parents, Eddie and Francis, who are here tonight, and 
to whom I owe everything I have, and I love them endearingly. And I have to tell you, I don't want to see anybody grow. We've had uh, leave leave the city. I want our city to grow. We've had a lost decade here, ten years from 2010 to 2020. We've got to do better to attract people here to the state of New Mexico. I know I'm the right answer. I know that I am fighting for the 505, and I can tell you that it's going to be a great debate tonight. Thank you for having me on this air. Thank you. All of our questions tonight will be posed to all the candidates. There are no candidate-specific questions. Our first question will come from Norm Becker. In Albuquerque, homelessness is an often talked about issue. Encampments are unsightly and pose health and safety risks. Those who are homeless often sleep in alleyways and entryways of businesses, as well as congregate in parks and other public places. Panhandlers dot our intersections and parking lots. And mental health and substance abuse challenges persist and are on public display. How do you keep our homeless situation in Albuquerque from becoming a hopeless situation for city residents, businesses, and for those experiencing homelessness alike? Your answers to these questions, your first answer, you get 90 seconds. Mr. Gonzalez, you're first. Just uh, to lead off a little bit, as uh, one of my campaign supporters was coming to this event, passing by Coronado Park, they seen the Manny for Mayor flag, and they said, Manny, help us. And my point is that they aren't being helped. These people are being, these are people in crisis. I said on the President's Commission for Law Enforcement and the Administration of Justice and chaired a working group throughout the nation of experts in three areas, homelessness, substance abuse, and mental illness. And it's very important that we understand that the carrot and the stick. We have to have the balance between being compassionate and being able to enforce the public order policies that this administration is not willing to enforce and not allow the Albuquerque Police Department to enforce. And it's not with a heavy hand. But you have to be firm, and you have to be compassionate. I will be compassionate or develop an advocacy center that needs to be in a place that doesn't compromise national security issues at Sandia Labs, a major stakeholder, and or Kirtland Air Force Base. We need to be thoughtful about this, and we need to be very intentional about this. I will ensure that the the people in crisis get the help they need and get them to wrap around services by, intent, by an intensive and comprehensive screening process. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, and as a reminder, you will each have 60-second follow-up on this question. Mr. Aragon? Yeah, thank you. And uh, as the sheriff mentioned, you know, we have four classifications of homeless people, one mental, one drug addicted, one economic insufficiency, and we have to find something to do about that. Our mayor, Tim Keller, has increased 150% from 2,000 to 5,000 in terms of the number of homeless people here in our city. There's 1,534 people that are on the streets right now. We donate, we give $20 million from our city government and we have not seen the results. We've continued to attract homeless people and we have built tiny houses at a cost of $900 a square foot, uh, of which only 32 are filled. We have to determine the best care on a case-by-case -case basis. If mental, give care and transport to facility immediately. If drug-related, give care and transport to jail immediately. If economic, give care and transport to shelter immediately. And if they refuse, transport out of the city. I do believe in encampments that are organized, that help these people, our clients, so we can track the homeless people 
and move them out of our city and also so we can help these people also find their forever homes. Did I have 60 seconds or, or 90? You said 60 seconds. She just put up 30. She, I think she had 30 left. You had 90 total. For, 90 total. Okay, 90 you said total, 60, yeah. so I was just, right. okay, great. Thank you. You have 60 on the follow-up. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, we need to do what we can to keep things going uh, as far as our caseworkers and the nonprofit organizations. They don't need to be audited. We need to not compete with them. Uh, many of our churches here uh, and our faith uh, element community is doing what it can to also solve the pro uh, homeless problem. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Now for rebuttal or additional comments on this topic, Mr. Gonzalez, you may start. You have 60 seconds. Uh, just check in. Do I get it? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mayor Keller? Yes, you get, you, get, you get 90 seconds, too. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, look, I think it's important to understand the context in a sense that homelessness was here before uh, our administration came in. It was already an issue at Coronado Park and COVID. After COVID, we've seen an explosion of homelessness all over the country. And that's no different for Albuquerque. This is part of the America that we're living in right now. And I just want to be really clear about a couple of things, you know, referring to these people. This includes 3000 kids in APS. These people are family members. They're, they're people we know. And so I also think somehow saying that we should forcefully transport them is uh, incredibly demeaning and also completely illegal. So uh, I think we have to look at this with rational, pragmatic ideas and also not just talk about the problem. Because the issue is this. Right now, there is nowhere for those folks to go. So when you drive by them, the question is, what can you actually do? And saying things like carrots and sticks, you can't do that with someone who's having a behavioral health issue or a mental breakdown. You will put officers at risk. You will put their lives at risk. This is why the Gateway Center is so important, and I'm so glad that Manny supports it, because we have to have a single center where we can connect people with services, vouchers, job training, until we have a place to take them we will continue to have this homeless problem. And that's why I invested $14 million in buying the old Loveless Hospital at the request of the voters two, two years ago. Thank you. Now we will go to the 60-second rebuttal additional comment. Mr. Gonzalez, you're first. Yes, the mayor's correct. It was an issue uh, when he took office. But last night he stated it was at the uh, population of about 2,000. And he said under his watch it's turned out to be 5,000 and above. So that's 250%. That's unacceptable. Plus, my point earlier about these people that yelled out to me saying that they need help is an indicator that nothing's being done. And so for me, it's really coming up with a strategical approach and a community approach to address this and tailor an approach that will work for Albuquerque. And I'm willing to take that on and bring those teams together. And, and bring the public together on this, whether it be the business stakeholders, whether it be the nonprofits, the faith-based groups, law enforcement, public health, behavioral health. Nobody has a better relationship with the county than me. So I'm willing to do that. I'm committed, and I have the time, the love, and, and the knowledge to do this and get it done. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, 60 seconds. I'd like to address the mayor directly, uh, also known as Tim Trump. Uh, who's doing real estate deals uh, with the Gateway Center with some of the richest people in town. And I am not a supporter of the Gateway Center. Uh, that blight uh, that will inevitably come, not to mention the retrofitting. We only need to look to the Bernalillo County retrofitting that was recently done. Uh, it actually is beyond the replacement costs. And I can tell you whether it's that 
or the stadium. We don't need to be invest or the tiny houses. We don't need to be investing in these deals for homeless people. He mentions the Albuquerque public schools and the kids. Uh, he and his party have been keeping this state shut down. Uh, most of this country is open. Forty of the other states uh, don't have the type of mandates. And he wants to track those kids. Best place to go ahead and do that is in the school system uh, to transport. Uh, these people who need help and actively care for them is not in any way inhumane. And officers, our police officers, shouldn't be on the front lines for handling this. And uh, finally, I'd just like to say what we need to be doing is helping, again, our faith-based community, our nonprofit organizations, and we don't need to be auditing like Sheriff Gonzalez has, has suggested. Thank you very much for the time. Mr. Keller, 60 seconds. Well, I think we heard Manny mention a strategical plan. Uh, you, th that's the problem. You have to actually know what you're doing. You can't just name it something. And so this is why at least I have an answer. It's the Gateway Center. We need to get behind it. And that is going to be the singular best thing we can do. There might be other ideas out there. And I appreciate all of the efforts that folks have mentioned, the range of uh, different outreach to homeless folks and access to services. But the point is, you got to have a real answer. And it's the Gateway Center. So I also want to mention that it's really important, I think, that people understand what we have done. We have 400 people living at the West Side Shelter right now because I felt that we had to do that for those folks. We have 700 people during COVID. So to anyone who says that we're not doing anything for homelessness, ask those over 1,000 people who are grateful for the services and the shelter they get and the hard work of city workers who provide that for them each and every day. Thank you. We'll now move to question two from Bob Clark. Candidates, residents here in the Albuquerque area have been uh, accustomed to and frustrated by high crime rates. How would you characterize crime in our community right now, specifically with requests to homicides, violent crime, property crime? Why should voters choose you to oversee the city's crime-fighting efforts over the next four years? And, and before we get to your answers, keep in mind you will have an opportunity to directly discuss the DOJ settlement with the city that is ongoing. Uh, and that's a question we'll have coming up for you in just a bit. Thank you, Bob. Mr. Aragon, you're first. So do we seconds. want to address the Department of Justice within this question, Bob? And hi, how are you? No, we have a we have a, a specific question. question on that okay, coming up. Okay, you just mentioned, yeah. so I just want to make sure. So my strategy for reducing violent crime, and it's really pretty simple, and it's what we don't do. Under uh, Mayor Keller and not just administration, but his party, uh, we've made a, a turnstile justice system that has happened here. And a lot of it's outside of the purview and the control of the mayor's office. There's not a whole lot of things. And we have instituted this, uh, one with the Arnold tool, uh, no bail bonds, uh, bail bondsmen to track uh, our criminals out there. But we have to arrest every single crime out there, all crimes, not just felonies. We have to arrest misdemeanors, shoplifting, trespassing, possession. I'd like to talk a little bit about Schedule 1 a little bit later and how important that is. We know that pot smokers can't be gun owners. Anybody that's ever done a background check would certainly know something about that. No rehabilitation of criminals. Let's put our public first. Let's talk about the public and keeping our public safe and, and not criminalizing our police officers as well. We have to focus on the public and we have to prosecute to the extent that we possibly can. I'll use the bully pulpit of the uh, mayor's office to continue to push back on our state legislatures, uh, on our governor, if she continues to occupy office. We have to arrest quality of life issues, camping, begging, sanitation issues, which are real trouble, 40 to 52% reduction of small businesses, and they're having to deal with this stuff themselves, and these are not calls that they can make uh, to somebody to come and clean that up. And finally, build departments within the Albuquerque Police Department. We have no commercial burglary, no residential burglary. We have one person, Tim, 
in the gang unit. One person and cartels and drugs are rampant here in this market. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Keller. Well, when we think about violent crime and crime in Albuquerque, what we've seen is coming out of the pandemic, violent crime skyrocketing all over the country. There was an article in the New York Times yesterday that highlighted an FBI statistic that this has been the single worst year in rise of violent crime in the history of the United States. That is how bad it is. And so clearly Albuquerque is a part of that. But we got to understand where that crime is usually occurring. It's occurring at the intersection of things like domestic violence, a firearm, that's what makes it deadly, and then a drug transaction. That's where most of the violent crime is happening. And so for us, we've got to focus on that. And so our department, number one, we're committed to continuing to build the ranks. Right now, I've gotten 100 new officers every year. But unfortunately, last year, we lost 200 who retired. And so we still are fighting an uphill battle with having the adequate resources to deal with this. And that's why it's really important that we leverage technology. My administration has supported our officers through $80 million of investments in crime fighting technology, from gunshot detection to radios that actually allow them to talk to each other and don't have dead spots, to even things like putting radar back in cars. We are climbing out of a hole in terms of the criminal justice system that we got put in 10 years ago. That's actually one thing Eddie and I agree on. When we think about what we have to do to fix the broken criminal justice system, it includes fixing the revolving door. It includes changing our gun violence laws so that violent criminals stay behind bars. And that's what our Metro Crime Initiative is all about. Mr. Gonzalez, 90 seconds. So when I look at the uh, characterization of crime, I look at all the other violent cities in America that the mayor is talking about because of the high crime rates. There's Seattle, there's Portland, there's Chicago, New York, Minneapolis, New York, and a host of others. Just like Albuquerque, when you have ultra-liberal policies like our current mayor does, you have to support law enforcement. You have to support businesses. I'll give you the example of mitigating crime. We have mitigated crime. Violent crime, homicides, those crimes in the unincorporated areas are down. How do you benefit as a community economically? Well, they built Amazon in the county, not in the city. When they looked at the city, the crime rates were too high. Those are the type of businesses that our children, these families, and the middle class needs to prosper. If we don't wrap our arms around the crime in the city, then Albuquerque will never thrive and will continue to fleece the middle class. And everybody has somebody that they're connected to in this, in this community that their loved ones have left out of fear, whether it be your children, your grandchildren, and or your, your parents or your grandparents. The only thing we're going to be able to do is support law enforcement. Don't believe the lie. I support law enforcement. We have a fully staffed law enforcement agency, one of the only ones in the country, and we are successful. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, you have 60 seconds for elaboration or rebuttal. I wish I had more. Wow. I think we know exactly why the city of Albuquerque and Bernalillo County is exactly the situation that it is right now. We have Mayor Keller blaming the national trend. We have uh, uh, Sheriff Gonzalez talking about how it differs between Bernalillo County and Albuquerque. I mean, come on. And then the fights between the police chiefs and the fights between the departments. You know, we're understaffed. We aren't incentivizing and attracting enough officers to be here. We are suited up to go ahead and have 1,200. We have 750 police officers, roughly. 385 people that are out on, on control. Uh, 
to blame firearms, no gun buybacks under me. I'm the right person to take care of this. We'll come in with fresh eyes. We'll have a council. Uh, I can tell you I'm not going to come in and clean house and, and declare it everybody uh, day one. We're going to have a forensic audit of our police department so we can understand what our police officers need, what our units need. We're going to make sure we're going to roll that overtime. $20,000 for each of our police officers from number four to number one. We can't fight crime if we don't retain. And yes, we'll still have a um, unscheduled overtime. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Mr. Keller? Well, I think at least two of us are telling you the truth. Uh, I, I can't believe that uh, somehow people think that crime is different in the county than it is in the city. I mean, it's the front page of the Albuquerque Journal. Property crime is actually up higher in the county than it is in the city. And also, you know, at the end of the day, Manny's been sheriff for eight years and, and cannot answer the crime question. I didn't hear a single answer in there. I just heard a bunch of mistruths about how everything is somehow awesome in the county. That is just not true. And read the Albuquerque Journal to back it up. And on top of that, look, we have to explain how to do this. And that's why the gun aspect is so important, because it's the nexus to keeping people behind bars. You want to know how to keep criminal behind bars? It's to prosecute them for gun laws. That's an answer. You might not agree with it, but at least it's a path forward. And that's what leadership requires. Thank you. Mr. Gonzalez, you have the last word on this topic. So I talked to a family last week in the South Valley. They told me in the last eight years, they've never felt safer and their property values have gone up. So that's coming from the citizen. I don't take my information from the journal. I take it from the community. That's where I'm connected. That's where I get my information. That's who I listen to. That's who I serve. I serve the people. I don't serve at the hands of the media. I don't serve at the hands of other politicians. I don't serve at the hands of lobbyists. I serve at the hands of people. I'm here to bring people together. It's time to somebody that's willing to collaborate with business people, parties, put everything aside and start working towards policies that are centric for our community, for the people, for the businesses, so Albuquerque can thrive. Partisan politics, there's no room for it. It's so polarizing, Albuquerque has gone backwards. Thank you. For a question on a related topic, here's Norm Becker. Now the G DOJ settlement. Candidates, do you feel the ongoing DOJ settlement agreement is making it harder to recruit officers and fight crime? And do you feel the judiciary is appropriately exercising its authority to detain arrested offenders in jail pretrial? Importantly, if you believe either or both of those issues impacting public safety, what role can and should a mayor play to address them? Thank you, Norm. Mr. Keller, you may answer first. Well, I want to just touch on a few things in a sense that uh, I think what we just heard from the sheriff is really concerning. I think it's reckless. You, you can't just get information from your neighbor. Uh, that is exactly why the DOJ is here, is because uh, folks did not understand at the highest levels what was actually happening. And I also just want to you know, make sure that you know, at the end of the day, cooperation also has a track record. And we got to hold each other accountable for that. And I will tell you, not having lapel cameras and resisting that is not cooperation or transparency or helpful for DOJ reform. Not enforcing the public health order, which was upheld as constitutional, is not being cooperative or working well with others. And in the Metro Crime Initiative, every single law enforcement agency in the metro area was there except for one, the sheriff. If you actually want to work together, you got to show up and you got to walk the walk. And that's why when it comes to reform, we admit our mistakes, but we also know we have to proceed. 
Reform is up to a judge. It is not a choice, and it's also here for good reason. The issue is making it happen in a way that actually makes sure that we have a police department that's still functioning. And that's why we created the Office of Superintendent of Reform, to manage that and hold them independently accountable. And that's also why you see us telling the monitor and anyone else who will listen that we do need relief because our resources are constrained. And that's the path forward for reform. Mr. Gonzalez, you have 90 seconds. So what's needed uh, in part of the reform is political reform. We need to get rid of ultra-liberal politicians that are making policies that are unconstitutional to include sanctuary cities. On September 17th, we, re we worked a gang recognition intelligence patrol in the Southeast Heights where Mayor Keller used to be the representative. We had a person arrested on a United States federal warrant that was a deported felon that was associated with the cartel. These are the type of policies that he promotes and advocates for that makes it dangerous for every single person that lives in this community and is unconstitutional. He has driven crime up and will not be held account. He will not take or admit or apologize to the community for the lack of his policies. I will get rid of that of day one and we will move on so we that so that we give this city back to the people of Albuquerque because it's our government. It doesn't belong to the mayor. It belongs to us. And I have every full intention of giving it back to the business owners, the citizens, the children, so you can go to the parks, so you can go to the store without being accosted. You won't be hyper-aggressively hyper attacked in intersections. We'll create the ordinances. We'll get his cart project done, and you won't see shopping carts in our streets anymore. So we can have a quality of life that every Albuquerquean deserves. Thank you. Mr. Ergon, you have 90 seconds. Thank you. Uh, neither one of those are an answer to Norm Becker's question here. We're talking about the Department of Justice decree. I think a little education is in order here. I think we're quickly realizing why the city is in the type of shape that it is, as well as our county. Uh, the, cr the agreement can't be modified or changed. All right. We need to understand that first and foremost. It is what it is. The reform is in federal court. I think it started before uh, Tim's administration. The city is plaintiff and party to the consent decree. Mayor Keller himself, in working with the Department of Justice, has actually issued more hurdles and made it more difficult to get out of the DOJ. Yet just last week, they're talking about, well, we might go well uh, get loose. The question specifically was, does it make it harder to recruit officers? Of course it does. But the city of Albuquerque is a plaintiff in all of that. We have to accelerate our compliance, and we need to get these guys out of here so we can get the police officers uh, to do their job. We have to engage the Department of Justice and not lay down for them. I think any police officer would agree with that. They're tired of being handcuffed, and they're tired of being told what to do and having to run everything through 50 checks, and it increases the murder rate, 96 murders, another one last night. We have to accelerate the compliance, fight them, remove them as quickly as possible, improve the morale of our police officers. This pretrial services, I've already referenced it. It's the Arnold tool. It's out of the purview and the control of the city of Albuquerque and the mayor's office. But again, using the bully pulpit so we can fight back and let them know that we have a turnstile justice system because of that implementation. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Keller, 60 second rebuttal. Well, I think it's very important, especially for law enforcement officials uh, and especially for our sheriff to somehow blame immigrants for the DOJ is just completely disrespectful. Um, 
And they're literally not related at all, other than the fact that the reason why the DOJ is here is in part because of implicit bias and because of profiling people. And so that kind of reckless attitude is exactly what is going to make the DOJ situation worse. And I also know that it's easy to say that you want to make the city safer, that you want to feel safer when you go shopping. The hard part is how. That's what this is about. That's what leadership takes. And when I think of the DOJ reform, what we've learned is how to proceed with that. It's about civilianizing internal affairs so that we're not taking time from officers. It's also about things like changing the leadership of the academy. We have a new woman in charge of the academy. She's from Quantico. She's excellent. And it's also about the use of force policy. That is something our administration has done that all parties, even the officers, agree on. That was the number one requirement of the DOJ, and we got it done. Mr. Gonzalez. So what needs to be changed in order to comply with the DOJ is the leadership. And also those people need to be held accountable and understand that there's timelines. They said that this should be done in four years. Well, they went backwards. There's still use of force issues at the city of Albuquerque under the watch of Mayor Keller. I would also emphasize that you have to have a leader that wants to get out from underneath that. And we can't afford to compromise the safety of people in Albuquerque anymore. So I would contract and or look at consolidation with the sheriff's office so you get full law enforcement services immediately. We can't wait any longer. The other thing we need to do is make policies that are reasonable. I've met best practice policies for law enforcement. I understand that. They have to be achievable and they have to be able to be, be successful for the law enforcement officer so they can get through and be compliant. That's not being done right now under this current leadership. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, you have a final word on this question? Thank you. Uh, platitudes and politics is what we heard uh, this evening tonight. Uh, I found that neither one of them even answered the question. I kind of like to go back since I have this additional time to go ahead and address something that uh, Mayor Tim Keller talked about. And he, you know, we've changed the culture here. We've legalized pot. I can tell you again, and I'll re keep reminding you, Anybody who possesses a pot cannot possess a gun, and I think that that's really important. We cannot claim the firearms, and I'd like to start arresting pot users, even recreational pot users, if they hold a gun. I think that that's very important. Um, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez addressed something that he doesn't know anything about, which is property values going up. Think about this for a second. Money is cheap. I know. I don't own a home, and who really cares at this point? Here's what I can tell you. Property values have gone up because money is cheap and there's no supply. There are no houses that are out there. It has nothing to do with it. People are happy because there's nowhere else to run. There's people moving from other states uh, as well. So just a little bit of understanding here for uh, my two Democrat opponents. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move to our fourth question from Bob Clark. All right. Thank you very much, Kent. We're going to switch gears now and talk more about the local economy. And the question is, according to the census, over the last 10 years, Albuquerque's population grew by about 3%, higher than other parts of our state, but far lower than other major metro areas in our region. If you can each tell us what needs to happen over the next 10 years to create a boom in private sector jobs, how do you plan to make our city as attractive and vibrant as possible so that new companies want to locate here, existing businesses feel supported and want to grow, and talented workers want to stay here to work? Mr. Gonzalez, your first 90 seconds. Okay, so first and for foremost, you have to make Albuquerque a safer place to live. We have to get our arms around crime. A lot of big companies, big tech, left California recently. They, I, they looked at Utah, they looked at Arizona, and Texas. 
but they avoided Albuquerque and New Mexico because it's a lot similar like California. Very liberal policies like sanctuary cities, defunding the police, mismanaging the police department, having the DOJ. We'll never get to that where we want to be unless we make Albuquerque a safer place and you have the leadership that is going to hold people accountable and that wants to get through all these hardships that the city's experiencing right now. You have to be determined. You have to be willing to work hard. But more importantly, you have to be willing to surround yourself with the right people that are not political, which is definitely a fault of this current administration to move Albuquerque in the right direction. So we have the services we need. We have the safety we need and we need and we restore the quality of life. So for me, it really comes down to providing services. And again, whether that comes through consolidation and or contracting out to the sheriff's office and otherwise collaborating with other agencies, then I'll do whatever it takes to make Albuquerque a safer place to live. Mr. Aragon. Uh, thanks for the question. Right on, Bob. Uh, really good question. This is what we have to start talking about. Nothing helps crime rates better than prosperity. We're seeing that in red states versus blue states. And I think we need to understand that there's some quick things that we can do. Quick needs, and I've already mentioned them and alluded to them. Home builders, let's help those industries actually relocate here, find land, develop it uh, here in the city of Albuquerque, as opposed to Rio Rancho, Los Lunas, Belen, all the surrounding areas. We need to grow inside. We've got to build neighborhoods, streamline approvals. Industrial commercial real estate, there's no small business space. There's 0% vacancy. These small businesses need places to operate in the right zoning. I know a little bit of something about that. How about bringing doctors? You guys have recently seen uh, uh, and people move to great places that have great health care, especially those people who are here and have to take care of their parents because we know how expensive long-term care is. Let's bring doctors here. We should be providing property tax incentives. How about our students? University of New Mexico, despite Mayor uh, Tim Keller's best uh, chances to attract people to the public school, the University of New Mexico, it's actually reduced during his parties and Manny Gonzalez's parties shutdown of COVID-19. We've lost 5,000 students, mostly to Arizona, some to Texas. And finally, what about our closed restaurants? How important are those? We love our food. We love our culture. We build it right around the kitchen table, right around the cocinas. And here's what I can tell you. Let's build them a cloud kitchen and get those people going. Those are things that we can jumpstart day one and uh, move this economy forward and get people growing Albuquerque once again. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Keller. Well, a couple of things. I know we heard that uh, somehow politicians are part of this, and I just want to acknowledge at least there's two of us up here. Whether we like it or not, we're politicians. Uh, the sheriff's been elected. He is a Democrat. He's partisan. He's no different than any other politician. And I think it also, you got to, to be a leader, the difference is you got to talk about something besides crime. And the reality is that, of course, that's an important component. But you also have to understand what we've been through with COVID. And when we were able to, as a city, keep those businesses alive by getting $30 million in small business grants out the door, by doing little things like paying for tents, and by doing big things like pushing $300 million in construction projects out the door as part of our New Deal reconstruction program during COVID, we literally kept businesses afloat. That is what economic development leadership looks like during a pandemic. Now, coming out of the pandemic, it's about doubling down on some things that we have achieved. We got Netflix to come here. Even during the pandemic, we got NBC Universal to come here. We have announced thousands of jobs 
since my administration came in, more than the last administration did in their entire administration. Our economy is actually doing better than all the other economies in the state of New Mexico in terms of unemployment and in terms of growth for major cities. So we're coming out of this in a much healthier position. And it's because of what we did during the pandemic. And it's because of that vision going forward. Mr. Gonzalez, you have a 60 second rebuttal. Yes, uh, we need to do a, bit, a lot better job of creating business friendly policies for business stakeholders developers, contractors, for citizens that want to grow out their businesses. We have to be willing to build the infrastructure to 21st century expectations, whether they're cloud-based, web-based, kiosk-based, so that people have access to licensing, inspections, and not having to pander to the city bureaucrats to get something done in order to move Albuquerque in the right direction. We need to change that culture. We need to have political reform, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's politics at its highest. We need to come together and get the smartest people because this is a nonpartisan race, and you have to be willing to bring both Democrats, Republicans, independents, decline to state together so we can move Albuquerque forward, and that's my goal. Thank you. Mr. Ericon. Yeah, Mayor Keller's talking about keeping businesses alive. Uh, corporate welfare, which is what he's talking about with Netflix and those deals, and uh, welfare in general uh, with uh, more payouts from the government. He was the guy who wanted to extend it and said, hey, you go and extend it, then come get a job at the city September 1st. That's not economic development, and I'm not surprised to see uh, no answer here and when it comes to uh, Mayor Tim Keller, him talking about corporate welfare or other handouts uh, from the city. Uh, what he did get, and him and his party did get, is $18.7 billion that came into the state of New Mexico, which spilled over into our city. And uh, if we think we can just print money and print our way out of this, this is a very unhealthy economy. People are picking up and leaving. I don't need to sit here and tell you about people moving and leaving the state of New Mexico. We had 915,000 jobs pre-COVID, 853,000, check my math, uh, post-COVID. This is not what we need. I have to tell you, we've got to remove the Albuquerque Rapid Transit, remove blight, vagrancy, and crime, reinvest by attracting these small businesses. I've already given you uh, my five pieces that I'm going to focus on. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Keller, you have last word on this question? Well, we've got to look at programs that actually work. And when I look around Albuquerque over the last two years, I see cranes for the first time in a decade. And that is because of all the city projects that we're doing public-private partnerships with, whether it's the development across from Presbyterian Hospital, whether it's Nuevo Atrisco on the west side, whether it's even things like our indoor sports stadium we want to build, or even things like building a stadium. This is what cities do. We lead the way by partnering with the private sector to make sure that we're doing the kind of investments in infrastructure that we need. That's also how we keep thousands of people employed. And even during the pandemic, I will tell you, no one in an emergency situation when your business is about to close cares whether it's a check from the government. What they want is help to keep them around so they can do better the next month. And that's exactly what we did. And I know there are hundreds of businesses out there that believe that was the right thing to do. And I'm glad we did it. Thank you, candidates. We're going to turn now to Bob Clark. All right. We're more than halfway through tonight's mayoral debate. We want to thank you all for tuning in tonight and for all of you for being here. And after a short two minute break, We'll pick up right where we left off. Candidates, please remain on stage, but you can take a moment to step back and relax and take a deep breath or a drink of water. We'll be right back with more of the 2021 Albuquerque mayoral debate here on 96.3 News Radio, KKOB FM. Back to our mayoral debate sponsored by the Greater Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce and 96.3 News Radio, 
KKOB. I'll turn the program back over to our moderator, senior editor of the Albuquerque Journal, Kent Walls. Thank you, Bob. Let's move straight into question five from Chamber Board Chairman Norm Becker. Norm? Thank you, Kent. Great cities tend to have exciting downtowns. They are energetic places where people want to live, businesses want to locate, and residents and tourists want to shop, eat, and have fun. Do you share this belief that the vibrancy of our city is tied in large part to the success of our downtown? If not, why? If so, what specifically would you do to make this happen in Albuquerque? Also, as part of your answer, please tell our audience if you support or oppose the ballot measure that would allocate $50 million in gross receipts tax bond revenue toward the construction of a soccer stadium, which would, which would locate in the downtown area. Mr. Ergon, you're up first, 90 seconds. I lived at uh, the corner of 8th and Central. There's a bookstore that's there that was my home. I absolutely love downtown. It is the heart of the city. And uh, if you've seen any of my videos, I continue to go downtown quite a little bit. Uh, Century uh, 14th, one of my favorite places. And I can tell you, if we would just focus a little bit more on downtown, I know we've had downtown action team uh, over the years. It has to be the focal point. Uh, the CBD, which is a central, central business district, has changed. And that is driven by office occupancy, okay? And the office occupancy has been abysmal for years, uh, dare I say decades. And we've got to do a better job. It can't be dead. Uh, you know, going in with 30% uh, vacancy rates uh, that are in downtown, uh, we've got to attract people to those places. One of my ideas, of course, is foods and eateries with the cloud kitchen and other places to kind of walk. Can't be all food trucks, and uh, that's important. Um, one of the uh, people who recently passed away, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy to see uh, Villa de Capo refilled. How, how awesome is that? Uh, so we need more of that, uh, you know, backfill of, of those types of places. That's very important. It's a historic district, and many of these people haven't leased. Uh, we haven't had enough support down there. And then, of course, the constriction with the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. We have to remove the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. I don't think that the stadium with $50 million and creating assemblage with co uh, commercial real estate, and you saw how intricate and how difficult that can be, is going to be our silver bullet to reestablish and revitalize downtown. If you don't drive daily office builders and reestablish the CBD in downtown other than the North I-25, you can't revitalize it. More on that in a moment. Mr. Keller. Well, downtown, I think, is one of the areas where I'm very optimistic. I have to tell you the investments that we've put in place are going to be game changers for downtown, and you can see that if you go to things like the rail yards market. We're now going to be able to lease those buildings at the rail yards for the first time in 30 years. We also are putting in the rail trail, which will connect the rail yards to the rest of downtown. And it is already spurring hotels and office space, uh, an area called Glorietta Brewing in that area right there. We're also putting at-grade rail crossings to connect the two uh, areas of downtown that were divided by the railroad. And also we're doing things like public safety. We're building a new police station right in the middle of downtown. My administration also created the Downtown Public Safety District, where we have a dedicated patrol, and for the first time, downtown crime rates and arrests are actually going down. That's the one thing that's been consistent throughout my administration. And I also want to mention what we're doing with respect to making this an opportunity zone. We want to make downtown an already designated an opportunity zone. We're in discussions with investors uh, to co-invest uh, so that we can actually create some of the amenities that Eddie talked about. Again, the question is how to do that. These ideas are already things that our administration is working on, and they're all reasons why I think downtown is going to be very successful. But I have rarely seen a vibrant downtown without some sort of stadium.
It doesn't matter if it's minor league baseball, soccer, anything. And that is one reason why I think we should have a stadium within walking distance of downtown. Mr. Gonzalez, 90 seconds. I believe that there needs to be a urban business and a law enforcement interface. So we have to decentralize policing into the business community. Also believe that there needs to be a modification of the art project because so many business owners are saying that nobody is willing to travel through there because it's so difficult with two different bus systems. So we're going to have to visit that. I also believe that we have the, the, the basis of this whole thing for the downtown area to thrive is definitely getting a handle on crime and our social problems of homelessness. And if we don't get a handle on that, we're not going to have a downtown. So for me, it was just four years ago when you could go downtown, Civic Plaza, enjoy yourself with your family, watch a movie, listen to a concert, and interact with the public, enjoy the food, the festivities, and that's non-existent because it's gotten away, it's out of control, and we got to get our police officers staffed rightly, right so you have public safety, and we can go back to downtown, and downtown can thrive again. Thank you. Each candidate will have an additional 60 seconds on this topic. Mr. Aragon. I want to address the stadium uh, to uh, Tim's point. It's nearly impossible if you look at the cut-ups that are down there to go ahead and build a stadium in downtown, uh, plus the passageways to actually get there. We don't have $50 million. The soccer team hasn't been successful, and as I've stated before, it's a political arm of not just uh, Tim Keller's. We've seen him attending many of those games as well as uh, – our uh, our governor. Uh, the Nucenda Stadium is a great place to go ahead and play those football games. Have you seen the Phoenix Stadium? It's a very uh, equivalent to that. Uh, you have to understand that we have to drive private businesses. We have to bring in a Fortune 500 company, even a regional HQ. And once you start occupying and people are down there during a nine to five time, a lot of that blight that's down there will be removed automatically. Those offices need to be filled. We have a lot of Class A office space, three Class A office buildings, and we would do our best by attracting regional HQ, and we're not competing, and that's one of the failures of, of Mayor Tim Keller is not attracting private businesses to the city of Albuquerque. Thank you very much. Mr. Keller. Well, I just want to touch on a few things uh, to make sure people know there is a business APD collaboration. It's called Project Echo Downtown. It's working great. I literally don't know anyone who doesn't think that the downtown Echo is a success. Also, the art bus doesn't go downtown like it skirts around Route 66. So I don't understand how that could possibly affect downtown. It might affect other areas, but not downtown. And also Art Walk is is one of the most vibrant, most popular experiences that is happening in the city of Albuquerque right now. It happens every month. So check it out and you will see everything that was described. Uh, and I do want to mention, too, there is a Fortune 500 company downtown. It's NBC. It's the studios right on the other side of Civic Plaza. So just want to illuminate some of the, the debunk, some of the myths, I think, that were shared on that. And lastly, the viable locations. Uh, there was a well-knowing uh, consultant that found four different viable locations within walking distance to downtown. So these are all things that uh, we can do going forward. And we have the data and the reports to show it. Mr. Gonzalez, final thoughts on this question? So you have to have, first of all, whether it's in your home or, let's say, specifically in the city, you have to have your house in order. I walked out of the Albuquerque Police Department the other day on their side of the building. This was just three weeks ago. And there was a pile of trash I noticed off to the side. And amongst that trash was a needle. And then I just went there recently on the weekend. And there was a man left out there on the side of the street, left for dead. 
And that's not the type of downtown we need. Clean up our city. It looks like a pigsty. We have to clean up the highways. We have to collaborate with the state. The city, we have to staff it right. We have to make sure we budget for those things. I've never seen the city in a worse state than I've ever seen it is than it is now under this administration. We have to support the workers. We have to provide them with the training, the budget, and the staffing to make Albuquerque a cleaner and safer place to live. Bob, you've got the next question. All right. Thank you, Kent. Uh, businesses typically want to know that they're going to get a fair shake from government, whether it be in their bids for government work or the regulations and rules that government imposes on them. For any voter who places a high priority on corruption-free, transparent, and ethical government, why are you the best choice to lead our city, and what makes you stand out in this area? Mr. Keller, you have the first response, 90 seconds. Well, I think we've done a number of things to respect uh, every piece of that. Uh, we've made sure that we are, number one, honest about both our successes and our mistakes. And you see that even for me personally. Uh, I commit to problem solving that includes owning up to areas where we have to improve. I know our administration also has uh, completely changed how the information and public records, the IPRA program works. I created an IPRA office to actually do all those things. And I think most importantly, uh, the reform process with APD is about truth and transparency. It is things like having lapel cameras and using them and sharing with the public something that the uh, Bernalillo County Sheriff refused to do until a state law was changed that actually forced him to do. I also know that we follow campaign rules as best that we can. And I also know that uh, the sheriff is 0 for 5 in uh, legal cases, finding him in his campaign guilty of forgery and committing fraud. And he's a law enforcement officer. So I hope that at a minimum, we walk the walk and we admit we make stakes and we share that with the people and we tell the truth. Thank you. Mr. Gonzalez. Okay, uh, so I'm next to the person that's holier than holy. I know that in 2017, uh, this man was had a substantiated complaint for ethics violation to the tune of $40,000 in his campaign. And he got a slap on the wrist. And I wasn't found guilty. I never admitted to any fraud. And if somebody went rogue in my campaign, it's no different than somebody that's gone rogue in my department. We've indicted people. We had a deputy that had a use of force issue. He was charged by the district attorney and is a convicted felon. I hold everybody accountable, but you can't possibly hold me accountable for the sins of other people. It's not just. And the courts ruled in my favor that this man next to me violated my due process at the hands of his city clerk. So I can't be, I can't be held to a higher standard than God. I can't know what everybody's doing at all times, but I do hold people accountable. I have hope my whole career. And what I will tell you that the, the, the thing with the uh, payouts, my name has never been on any of these lawsuits. So make sure that you research this and neither have my deputies. There's no findings of excessive force or constitutional violations against any citizen, and we don't tolerate tolerate it. Everybody's been held accountable, and I hold everybody to the same standard at the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. Mr. Aragon. Yeah, thank goodness I've had none of the problems of these two. I'd like to address Mayor Keller first, uh, who uh, seems to run around with Hollywood types, uh, financial money managers like uh, Peter Travesiani, who could certainly, in his lucrative uh, dealings, with Thornburg over the years, could certainly buy and pay for his own stadium. I think he's spearheading a lot of what uh, 
uh, the additional money that Mayor Tim Keller is going to get for his particular campaigns. Having an open bid process would be the last thing that I would trust either of these gentlemen with, and I'm the right person to trust. And I'll tell you why. My father, who's sitting in the back of the room, his entire life has been a subcontractor and has been put through uh, subcontract bids where it's a closed situation each and every single time. And you win by putting your best foot forward, your number, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people who tried a lot of sneaky things and they find their way out of here. They, uh, they're called uh, rats by shopping those numbers around. Whether it's NBC, whether it's Netflix, whether it's these Hollywood types, whether it's Peter Travesiani in this stadium. Uh, Bob, I got to say, I love your question because this is ultimately about corruption. This is the heart the city of the city, the sweetheart deals. And it goes right to Nick Capison. Uh, with his deal over at the Gateway Center. You have to understand, these are deals that you didn't have any level of participation in. These are handshake deals across, uh, you scratch yours, I'll scratch mine. This is what our city has been run under. New Mexico, University of New Mexico, Department of Political Science, has talked about the old boys network, and there's no older boys network than these two Democrats and what they've been involved in for the last 86 years. We need to have a secure and open, competitive bidding process for any public works. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Keller, you have a 60-second rebuttal. Well, I, I think I'm still the youngest one up here, but, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, all, all, all those deals that were mentioned went through city council, and I'm happy to ask questions if, if folks really have some serious ones about it. But uh, I do want to go back to the sheriff. Uh, let's just be clear. The Board of Ethics personally fined you as a person $2,000 and issued you personally a reprimand for the forgeries that were occurring in your campaign. That's, that's just a fact. That was in every paper and on every news station. Also, the fact that five different courts or hearings said the same thing and confirmed that. And also, you're hiding the statistics about your own department. This came out that the murder statistics and the crime statistics were not being released by Bernalillo County. And I think that goes to what I was saying. I will admit when I make mistakes. You know, last campaign, I didn't have two split bank accounts. And I said, you're right. I didn't know that. And I won't do it again. And I haven't. And there was no fine. There was no reprimand. That is completely different than the $600,000 that you lost because of fraud in your campaign. Mr. Gonzalez. I like the admission that he said he's the most experienced person up here. And he hasn't lived up to his growing into the position of mayor. And it shows by his immature uh, blaming of everybody else because we elected him mayor. And I owe everybody an apology for supporting him and the hope that he would do something better for us. I'm here because I'm putting my best foot forward to support small businesses, to support the people of Albuquerque. The, what you need to really look at when he says on cover-ups, it's himself. It's the hush money that he pays out to whistleblowers because he says that he holds himself to a higher standard with transparency which is a big lie. You have the IPRAs that the people that are following these whistleblowers can get the information. You have my campaign that isn't given the same access and they still haven't complied with the IPRAs and he gives his campaign full access to the city clerk. Here's your hypocrisy. Thank you. Mr. Ergon, you have the final 60 seconds. Yeah, I'd like to defend uh, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez here. And I, I think I, I speak for everybody here. I'm tired of uh, publicly funded campaigns uh, of the three of us and not for Sheriff Manny's lack of trying to get publicly funded. I don't think we should have another publicly funded mayoral 
race again. I think it's important for us to realize that taxpayers should not be funding the attack ads that Mayor Tim Keller is going to use either against me or Sheriff Manny Gonzalez. So we need to put this to bed. We've got a city to save. We've got to start talking about the real issues, not the back and forth between the new and old police chiefs, not the back and forth between two people who are running our city. This is exactly why this continues to exist. Uh, Mayor Tim Keller, I would ask that you just go ahead and drop the issue. And so we've got a race. Sheriff Manny is in. It's as simple as that. Uh, well, let's drop it. It's been solved. He's now a privately funded uh, guy. We're racing. We're talking about the issues in the heart of the city. Let's put this to bed once and for all tonight. Let's stop talking about this. And as far as I'm concerned, let me tell you, I'm the best candidate. I'm a Republican. We are privately funded. I'm doing it all on my own. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Norm Becker has our final question. So, candidates, please paint us a picture of what you think Albuquerque can and should look like in 20 years and tell us what you intend to do over the next four years to move us closer to the long term vision for our city. Thank you, Norm. We'll hear first from Mr. Gonzalez. 90 seconds. Next four, eight, 12, 16 years, 20 years into the future. First of all, we're going to make Albuquerque a safer place to live so that this generation has the opportunities, the services, the amenities they need to stay here for their families and their future. We're all old enough to know that our parents left, uh, left us off much better than they were left. And it's an obligation for us to leave our kids that much better off. And if we don't start creating the opportunities for them and consider making the Gateway Center a technology hub that it was intended to by Senator Pete Domenici, in order to make sure that we seed this community with opportunities to bolster with our stakeholders, both the Kirtland Air Force Base and Sandio Labs, opportunities that will build a future for our, our community. And AI, robotics, cybersecurity, that's the future of this country and the world. And we, have, we live in a global world. And if we're not willing to sit down and, and have that discussion and bring those people together, then we're going to continue to jeopardize national security, the safety of the public here, and we have to make better decisions for us. And I'm willing to stand up for you, be your voice, and advocate for citizens and not for politics. Thank you. Mr. Aragon. I love thinking about that. I love thinking about my kids who will be uh, 26 and uh, 29 years of age, 20 years from now, and I want them to live here. I want them to be 12 generations who are having 13 generation New Mexicans uh, and Burkenos, if you choose to use that word. It's going to be a safe city. We're going to reduce crime, and it's easy to do. You just have to care enough to actually reduce every category. We're going to attract other people. I'll tell you why. It's not just our resources here in the city, but statewide, seven minerals and things that we can attract here, and every other place is getting overcrowded. So we kind of benefit right now from all the rest of the states that are growing as fast as they are. I think in the next five to 10 years, people are going to say like, well, how about Albuquerque now? Because we changed it. We became conservative. We became Republican. We turned red after 86 years of Democrat domination and the failed policies that we have continued to see from these two gentlemen's party. And I was the youngest member of the state central committee. Commerce, our economy will grow. We'll have population growth. These forecasts are abysmal. Not going to be this green city or this, you know, 100% uh, renewable energy. We are rich in oil, the number one producing counties in the entire country, right here in the state of New Mexico. We're not going to have restrictions. We're not going to be 
asking the governor or the mayor whether or not we want to go to work or whether we can go to work. And that's COVID. The corruption, I'll root it out. That's the most important thing to me. And, of course, I'll run the city as somebody who loves it. I love thinking about this city 20 years from now. I'm optimistic, and I'd love to have your vote November 2nd. Thank you. Mr. Keller. When I think about this city's future, I think it began with how we performed during the pandemic. If you look at Albuquerque compared to every major city in the West, we did better in every health category. We had lower spread rates. We had lower total positive cases rates. And now we have higher vaccination rates. And what is happening is that people are noticing that we are a healthier place to live in the American West. That is, those statistics are compared to L.A., Austin, Denver, Oklahoma City, Tucson. And in these areas, we are for the first time leading all of these other cities. And so I believe we are pairing that with the other opportunities and unique aspects of our cities. So when you consider the fact that for the first time in a decade, people are moving here more than they're moving away. For the first time in over a decade, actually, UNM local enrollment is up. For the first time in a long time, all of a sudden, housing values are increasing, and all of a sudden, all our houses, you have to get them really fast if they're for sale. This is a good thing because people are moving here for the first time in a long time because they know we are a better place to live. And it's because of the leadership we demonstrated during the pandemic. It's also because of things like open spaces and parks and all of those things that I do with the city each and every day to make this city a great place to live. It also is because we are making big steps on our biggest challenges. We're creating a new police department, the community safety department, excuse me, to actually deal with homelessness and also reduce burden on officers. We're creating the Gateway Center to actually do something about homelessness. And we are working with new companies like Netflix to bring thousands of jobs here. That is the future of Albuquerque. Mr. Gonzalez, you have an additional 60 seconds on this topic. Okay, I'm, I'm running for the city of Albuquerque's highest executive position mayor, not public health secretary. And so for me, I look at it this way. I turned around a small business and was successful. I turned around what was considered a politically polarized, demoralized, in a, in a department that was in a deficit. And the county was in a deficit, $50 million. But what I did is I surrounded myself with the right people because it's not about me. It's about asking the right questions and making the right decisions. And we turned what that situation in to a model agency. And I'll use that same formula of success of bringing people like yourselves that are stakeholders here together that want to sit at the table and figure out strategically how we get there as a community. What do you want? I'm here as your servant, not as your dictator. I will help you lead you into the 21st century and will become the crown jewel of the Southwest. Thank you. Mr. Aragon. Uh, Mayor Tim Keller has an amazing ability to spin things around that are very negative. We've lost nearly 5,000 students at the University of New Mexico, and he's talking about local enrollment being up. Uh, people buying homes, it's a lack of supply. It's cheap money that's out there. You can't spin that as anything that he's done. Our homelessness, he's uh, increased it from 2,000 to 5,000 people. Uh, you guys have to stop listening to politicians and politics and spin and realize that it's us. It's business people. It's people who care about our community, not people who are looking for the next job that are going to make this city better. Uh, Tim Keller probably wants to live in Washington, D.C. in 20 years. Probably has his eyes on being president of the United States. Here's what it's going to take. We're going to prioritize planning and commercial development. 
We need homes, as we know that we are severely lacking. We're going to have our convention centers instead of going to casinos. And the city of Albuquerque has lots of events over at casinos instead of our convention centers. We're going to focus more on doing things within our city limits. And I think that that's the most important focus so we can keep that tax base here and keep our population here. I think the future of Albuquerque looks very prosperous in 20 years. Thank you. Mr. Keller. Well, part of being mayor and running for mayor is acknowledging with some humility this is probably all our last stop, no matter who wins. We haven't had a mayor do anything else uh, in the modern era after being mayor, and we'll see what happens with the rest of us. But I'm well aware of that, and that's why I also know that, you know, as mayor, you have to lead in the way the city needs it. So you know what? During a pandemic, you've got to be the public health secretary. And when you're talking about the economy, you've got to be the economic development secretary. You've got to be able to do whatever the city needs. And that's what I've demonstrated. It also means that you have to take responsibility for our challenges. It means, you know, for better or worse, it's always been the case. The mayor of Albuquerque, it's always the mayor's fault, no matter what happens. You've got to be ready for that. And so that's why I believe as mayor going forward, I am ready to continue to fight for our cultural diversity, to make sure that our city keeps its identity. That is part of what I see in the future. I also believe we've got to do things like invest in things like multimodal transportation and burgeoning industries where we can compete. And I also believe we have to have trust. Our community has to trust the police department. The police department has to trust the community, and our community has to trust its government. And that's why I believe we need a mayor who can articulate that. Thank you. That concludes our questions for the evening. We'll move to closing statements. Candidates, you'll have no longer than one minute to provide us with your closing thoughts this evening. As determined by a random drawing, Mr. Keller, you go first. Well, I believe today I've articulated the foundation that I have built for our city's future. It means following through on the thousands of jobs that we've announced. It means following through on the Gateway Center to help our homeless community. It means following through on the Community Safety Department to help our police officers. It means following through on crime technology and on building the ranks at APD. It means following through and also being straightforward with you and problem solving in the future. I also know today we've heard a lot of things, and frankly, they're coming from the gentleman to my right, that just aren't true. Manny has had eight years to deal with crime, eight years to deal with crime, and has nothing to show for it. Crime is just as bad in the county. Also, the notion of continuing to avoid the truth when it comes to fighting against lapel cameras, when it comes to fraud and forgery in your own campaign that you were convicted of, and when it comes to hiding the ball when you're even talking about your own statistics, it is reckless and dangerous to bring that attitude and that approach to City Hall. I believe we need a mayor who will continue to problem solve and who will also tell the truth. That's why I'm asking you for another four years. Mr. Aragon. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think we have demonstrated over the last four years why Mayor Keller and his plans uh, need to be removed from office. His first priority was crime four years ago. His first crime, uh, priority for uh, this next four years is crime. Uh, if it's any indication the last four years, we can look at the next four years as uh, being twice as bad. We are setting a record. Uh, we know that crime is up and you can't blame COVID and you can't blame it going up on a national trend uh, everywhere else. So we'll appoint a council. We'll put it together. We're not going to come in and slash and burn and tear everybody out. We have people who are committed to being there, being in the police department. That's a, uh, a very important. From a commerce perspective, business is job one. That's what we should be talking about. We should be talking about growing our economy, attracting industry, building a tax base, attracting private businesses, making Albuquerque livable again. When it comes to COVID, no vaccines, 
uh, mandates. I've already changed it, Berlio County, already changed it, the city of Albuquerque. I'm already keeping the balloon fiesta uh, open based upon some of the things that I've been talking about. And I got to tell you, I'm excited about the impact that we're having, not just on this race, but on the dialogue out there. I'd love for you guys to fight for 505, fightfor505.com. Thank you for the opportunity to be here on this air. Thank you, Bob Clark, uh, my compatriot in talk radio, and thank you uh, to Cumulus Media as well. Thank you. Mr. Gonzalez. In closing, I was born and raised here in work hard and serve people, and that's what I've been called to do. I devoted my career, my life, to the service of this community. I believe there's not a more important time than now. We're at the crossroads and a very important time for Albuquerque to transition to being successful. And now is the time to make that difference. I have the business experience. I have the law enforcement experience. And we've all, you've all said it. The mayor needs to have prerequisite. They have to be conditioned and be responsible and be held accountable for public safety. I've done that as a sheriff. And I'm willing as I did to make the sacrifices away from my family, just like I left my, my, fam uh, my business behind. But what people don't know is I also took a $20,000 decrease and sacrificed things in my livelihood, my family's livelihood, my retirement to become the sheriff because I wanted to serve you. And I will serve you honorably and, con and, and to the full fullness of my potential. Thank you for having me tonight. Thank you. I'd like to thank all the candidates tonight. Appreciate you very much adhering to these rules. And our timekeeper, Sarah Fitzgerald, who in my experience has turned out to be the most effective timekeeper in the history of debates. <laughs> so I'd like to ask the audience to join in some applause for the candidates. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll let it uh, extend about right there at all the, uh, you know, the salutations and uh, closures and everything else. Love to get your thoughts on the debate, everything that you heard there. I uh, just listened to it it's in its entirety, and I got to say, I'm pretty excited about it. And, you know, love to get your thoughts uh, about it as well. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, pick up the phone, dial direct 266-1600 or 550-5500 here. And uh, very quickly, just to wrap up, uh, hour two, just for you, uh, D-Dowd Musk, uh, your thoughts uh, on that in one minute. Uh, also, how you felt about it? Well, you know, Eddie, I, I I listened to it live when it happened, and it's interesting what you can catch on on the second on the second go around. A lot of notes. Um, I just love Tim Trump's view of uh, his comment on multimodal transportation. Moonbats, ladies and gentlemen, love multimodal transportation. They want to build airports. They want to build ferries. They want to build transit lines. Uh, they want to build bike paths. They love multimodal transportation. But one. Uh, one stat in particular that I had the time to look up, Eddie, he was touting how Albuquerque is the best, most thriving city in, in New Mexico. I did a quick check of the big four, Farmington, Las Cruces, Albuquerque, and Santa Fe. Uh, actually, Santa Fe has a lower unemployment rate right now than Albuquerque does. So he mm -hmm. wasn't – he told a little white lie uh, on that one. But uh, I, I could go on and on, Eddie. You know me when it comes to politicians. <laughs> well, I think we should uh, wait because we know that all uh, politicians uh, – what do I say about that? I think a number of months ago, you said something to the effect of all politicians are scumbags, I believe. Well, I'll tell you, that it is a little <laughs> white lies that are on there. We're there to keep the truth, uh, holding the uh, flame of truth uh, to the politicians, uh, certainly the corruption uh, that you see there uh, as well. Uh, should we blow through the top of the hour? Should we hit the top of the hour news and see what's happening in the world? Why don't we do that? We'll take, we'll hold your calls. We've got a couple of uh, people who are holding. Hold the line. We'll bring it back uh, here, right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIV, abq.fm, Don't forget, for a complete review of all that, you can go to eddywins.com. 
That's eddywins.com. That's a pretty uh, good place to go. You can also go to uh, Fight for 505. You can donate to our campaign. Amazing take uh, for us today uh, as well. Let's hit the top of the hour news. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden says America used to lead the world in investing in ourselves. The president spending some time Tuesday in Hull, Michigan, to promote his Build Back Better agenda. To support these investments is to create a rising America. America's movie to oppose these investments is to be complicit in America's decline. A Facebook whistleblower said the company prioritizes money over reigning in hate speech and misinformation. Senator Mike Lee joins Fox News to criticize the company. This isn't a, a, a problem that the government created. This is a problem that Facebook created, a, a problem that it created and is profiting on to the tune of an enormous sum of money. A Facebook spokesperson saying the company is taking steps to curb misinformation and harmful content. USA Radio News. The Giza Dream Sheets are the perfect companion to a MyPillow, the best thing you'll ever put on your bed. Call 1-800-951-8175, ask for the Giza Dream Sheets special you get, by the way, by using my promo code USA. You can go online also to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, you can save up to 66% on anything in the MyPillow website. Check it out, MyPillow.com, promo code USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. The former vice president is speaking out regarding President Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal. Vice President Mike Pence on Fox News is speaking out against the Biden administration's Afghanistan failure. But I have to tell you, the idea that we abandoned Bagram Air Base in the middle of the night without telling our allies, and worst of all, that we left Americans and American allies behind was unconscionable. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. The Department of Justice is reviewing its decision not to prosecute two FBI agents who mishandled the Larry Nassar sexual abuse investigation. The recently confirmed Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division is currently reviewing this matter, including new information that has come to light. During a Senate hearing, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco would not elaborate. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroos. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top ten most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen cautioned on Tuesday that inflationary pressures hitting the United States economy could last for a while. 
Coming less than a week after Fed Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell called inflation frustrating, Yellen telling CNBC that the various issues that have colluded to push up prices likely will pass, though she's not sure how long that will take. I still try to pay attention to what's happening in the economy. Um, I trust the Fed to uh, make the right decisions. Um, You know, we have been hit by an incredibly unusual shock. And um, in the one hand, we're almost six million jobs short of where we were before the pandemic, which means a lot of uh, people who still need jobs. Um, On the other hand, many firms are finding it difficult to hire. We've had extraordinary shifts in the pattern of demand away from services and toward goods. And I know the Fed is trying to sort through the implications of that. Supply bottlenecks have developed Mm -hmm. um, that have caused inflation. I believe that they're transitory, but that doesn't mean they'll go away over the next several months. More news can be found online by going to usaradio.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, on AM600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, on your Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. You can also uh, find us uh, directly on Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud for a complete replay of all that. Uh, download in the apps for rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com, and 1490 KRSN Santa Fe, 107.1 in Los Alamos. We have D. Dowd Musco. We have a whole host of calls uh, ready to come in. Uh, hopefully one of those is Murder Mike. Caller, you are first in the key reaction to uh, the debates. Go ahead, sir. Hey, what are you talking about? Hello? Ah. Well, sounds like another prank call. Caller, you were in the Kiva. Go ahead. <laughs> we can't... Yeah, it's Murder Mike. Hey, Murder Mike. Hold on one second. We got three more calls. Let me cut through these. Uh, Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, Dictionary Dave here. All right. What are your, yeah. your thoughts, uh, Dead Air Dave? Go ahead. All right, Dead Air. Homeless problem, killer. After obfuscating a whole lot of stuff, he ended up saying, let's blame America. Uh, let's take a look at what you've done, Mr. Keller. You've created a sanctuary city, you legalized drugs, non-enforcement of laws. Gonzalez, his answer was, we need more handouts. Disguised as services. They're in crisis. Well, how do you help the people that don't want it? The answer on crime. Well, let's see. We've got a shutdown economy. All you got to do is go down Montgomery and you'll see the strip malls empty with four lease signs on them all over the place. Mass mandates. Gee, why is crime so high? Mm-hmm. Thefts less than $1,000 not being prosecuted. Burglaries being left. Unanswered calls for help. And Gonzalez's answer was, these communities feel safer. When crime is out of hand? This is ridiculous. There's a lot of good reasons I moved to this region. And the clarity of the air, the view, the geology, there's all kinds of neat stuff one can do in this area. This is appealing to your uh, visitors from out of town. Where is it that you can walk out your front door, you got a beautiful view of the Sandias, and it's as clear as can be. And then you go out your back door, you're taking a look over the valley, and you can see those zits we call volcanoes in the distance 45, 60 miles away. 
the restaurants, there's always that taste of the food of the region, which is very unique because in Southern California, I could not get a plate that was hot, spicy. And there's also the other various attractions, Balloon Fiesta, we got the car clubs, we got Route 66, we got Historic District, Old Town Albuquerque. You go out into the uh, hinterlands around the area. You can find yourself a nice house on acreage. Mm. Yeah, you actually you can't. Know. Yeah, you're dead wrong on anything finding in uh, Albuquerque. So uh, that is one of the problems I identified that my, another one of my opponents. So what you're talking about there is total fable. Uh, you cannot... No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't find homes and you you can't find places to put your industrial small business right now. It doesn't exist. Uh, There's not new track homes. Uh, I agree with everything else that you said, but uh, it's impossible to move right into the market right now. Most of the people that are going here, they're all going to Los Lunas and Belen on one hand and they're going to Rio Rancho on the other. Uh, We don't have any new tracks of homes that are actually being rolled out. That's one of the things that we do need. Everything else, I agree with you in terms of being a very livable city and, you know, enjoying things. I mean, people understand what that is. But if we can't attract them because we can't absorb them, heck, we can't even absorb our homeless. Tim Keller increased it from 2,000 people to 5,000 people. He put it right there. I mean, that is readily identifiable. And he wants to bring in, as he stated the night before, on the New Mexico Black Voters uh, collaborative. He said, he, oh, we're going to go ahead and bring more immigrants here to this marketplace. We can't afford to do so. It's just total platitudes. It's feel-good stuff as if we can actually accommodate it. We can't even take care of ourselves, as you know, which is one of the reasons why you live out uh, where you do. But we've got to get more people here into the city of Albuquerque, uh, Dave. So that's by the only bone that I have to pick with you. But otherwise, a great, great uh, analysis. Anything else? Yes. Uh, one of the things that actually attracted me here was the ability to see vast distances. For those who are coming into town and they're hopping in the balloons, if you have a chance to take the tram or go up the backside of Sandia, get on the peak. You can actually stand there and say, I like the looks of that area. I want to go and explore. Get yourself a map of the uh, local area for the Chamber of Commerce. And like I've done when I first got down here and I invited a bunch of people down, was do a uh, kind of like a treasure hunt. Go to this place, go to this place, go to this place, go to this place. Try these things out. Go to Monroe's, go to Jay's, go to Monty's, have a cigar. Take a look at the gun shops and see what you like if you're into shooting. There's all kinds of good amenities within the region. and if you're not a city person, there's always Moriarty, Edgewoods, and the uh, yep. other places around that you can find your forever home. All right. Good stuff. Dave, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, wasn't able to keep the other calls there through Dave's call, but uh, we are there uh, nonetheless. Uh, 550-5500. Let me read the, the texts that have all been coming in. I guess there is a, a protest happening right now in Wyoming and Academy. Uh, a couple of things happened uh, today in the marketplace, NDA National Labs. They've gone to full mandated vaccinations on 12-8, which is December the 8th. Uh, Dowd, uh, you know that that's happening. Uh, so it's something we, we definitely have to address. I am unvaccinated. Another thing that's going to work in our favor. The murderers, unfortunately, will have to work in our favor uh, at this point, given the number of murders. We're going to get to murder Mike here momentarily. Um, and the businesses and the, you know, 
mandated shutdowns. She's got to be very careful. Just my presence in this particular race alone for the mayoral is going to keep Albuquerque open. It's going to keep New Mexico open. Because the more she shuts down, the more that they uh, continue with this wild march towards uh, running and ruining another uh, Christmas, another year. Uh, Look, surrounding cities, surrounding states, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, San Antonio, and Dallas, Texas. Those are all cities wide open. They don't have any of the madness that we are doing here. Uh, We're on our best behavior right now because we have a lot of visitors in from out of town. If you notice, you go into a lot of these uh, places, places uh they are not wearing did you notice the interviews on channel four seven and 13 when they're interviewing uh tourists from out of town did you notice now that none of them whatsoever had had any of their masks on none of them are talking through a mask did you notice uh, yeah indeed and and of course i live across the street so i'm out on the streets walking around when i on the rare occasions when I move my, leave my computer, uh, I took a picture the other day and put it up on our Twitter account, Rock of Talk underscore chat, uh, of all the masks that I think people who have to endure it if they're going into the museum or whatever, and they fling that thing on the ground the quick, the first chance they get. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So there you go. Let me read some more uh, texts. I've got so many texts. Uh, Eddie, if you become mayor, could you take our streets back to the days when we could drive on them and not have to deal with bicycles uh, everywhere? We're very... Um, bicycle friendly we've got more trails i believe at one point uh, we were the second most friendly place in terms of trails and and they certainly like that but you have some bad bicyclists and they like to take over the city streets it happens you don't see that happening in other cities and there's zero enforcement uh, either for speeding or bicyclists um and and believe it or not i know you bicyclists don't understand this but the stoplights and the traffic rules you. apply 100% to yes. you as they do to we drivers. <laughs> and you can't be getting drunk and drinking beers and, and biking. And I know that there's a lot of that, especially on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and this round about aboutification, beautification of uh, Albuquerque, definitely have to do that. Uh, SNL, unvaxxed religious exemptions, must be in by next Friday, October the 15th. So suddenly, if you don't have a religion, you must have a religion in order for you to get some sort of exemption. So I'm not sure if they're going to process them all from just one particular church. Uh, please, uh, is there? do we know anything about that? If someone had to make something like that up? Yeah. Mm, mm, good question. I don't know. I'm just a, Eddie, if you're interested in some of these stories inside KOB, I'm willing to talk about Whoa. Wow. <laughs> all right. I'm kind of focused on the mayor election right now. Uh, can anyone be more impressed with themselves as dead air Dave? <laughs> Nauseali- nauseating, self-aggrandizing makes me want to change the channel every time you bring him on. I don't, I don't screen calls. You drove off the other guys off the air. Sorry, there's nothing I can do about that. I, I visited with dead air Dave for, um, you know, what is he called? Doug Dictionary Dave? Yeah, I, I met Dictionary Dave at your, at your part, campaign announcement. He's part of our show. He is. Uh, and you can you can, you're more than welcome to uh, drop in as well. So I always find something interesting. Eddie, again, you killed them, Eddie. Uh, this is from a, appreciate that, Randy. Uh, him and his wife, wonderful people. They operate a couple of businesses here and in Arizona, and uh, they are big. You know, have had several of my uh, clients over the last year and a half who've relocated to Arizona. I'm I'm tired of that. Right. One of uh, my favorite clients, I can't, I wish I could say his name, cause, but I don't want to hurt his business, is he's saying, I, I've got to get my teenage daughter, I've got to get her into school. Can you tell that they are afraid to challenge you? Nobody will attack me. Please attack me <laughs> in the next debate. We've got a whole week to do that. 
So uh, we'll do that. Okay. Uh, Eddie? Oh, wow. Ooh. Scott, I can never read your text. They're funnier than ever. Uh, Dan Brother, Eddie, you killed them once again. Good job. Thank you. Uh, Eddie, wow. Keller went right at Manny Gonzalez this debate with Bob Clark and the chamber. He's definitely worried about getting the 50% needed to be elected. Yes. Yes. I just told you we're definitely going to a runoff. Mayor Keller has no momentum. He can only go lower in the polls. Uh, the first poll that came out, 47%, whatever they put out. And Jay McCluskey is going to manufacture a, a fake poll, same exact way that the people on the left are going to do it. It's what they do. It's called suppression. They're going to try and change your opinion by saying, oh, you don't want to participate. We don't care. I'm picking up the phone when I'm done here tonight. And for the next 60 days, I'm going to smile and dial. And I'm going to call every single person I have. I wonder if we've ever had, just going to ask this question, Doug, we ever had a mayoral candidate make 50,000 of his own phone calls between knocking, I'm going to knock, what I want to do, I want to knock 5,000 doors, okay? Because that's hard to do. You got to drop 5,000 of those just for me. I want to make 50,000 phone calls, okay? We did the we did the three thousand. I want the five thousand and the fifty thousand on this. So, yeah, that's an accomplishment. Reaching, uh, talking, teaching me. I gotta I gotta reach that many, and I can do it. I'm, I'm the one who's got the time to do it. So, um, I, I don't have the time actually. <laughs> I literally don't have any time. Uh, he has to split the Democrat vote, and that is throwing a wrench in his plans. Yes, it is because Manny's got to go back to the left and try to bring in more Democrats at this point. Yep, he can't do it because all the poll that was taken was taken prior to the debates and you just listen to what was happening in the debate. So it's a very even different number. Uh, we are getting some fabulous numbers. Let me get you the total number of, of phone calls. I didn't get the uh, final one today, but we'll go to the numbers that come in. And this is important. We just get to push as hard as we can because we're going straight into 2022. Uh, 52 is a 53,207 phone calls. Responses, 1,678 responses, 574. Yes, I will vote for Eddie Aragon, 280. We have more than twice as many no's. 280 said no. 545 undecided on those responses. We have more yeses than undecideds and 279 refused. So 574 against 1678 once again is let's see five what did i say five seventy four divided by one six seven eight is thirty four point two percent so thirty four point two of the r's independents and d's soft d's that are going in and uh, pretty good numbers uh, at that and remember you can split if you just split the decided amongst a third a third and a third here to do something uh, along those lines, that would put us in the forty uh, percent range. So, Eddie, you have done something that in uh, in ten days I'll have my twenty ninth anniversary of, in, of of analyzing government. I've never heard real time statistics straight from the campaign over the airwaves. I think I think you've achieved something truly unprecedented, and this is not the first time you've given out that data. It's all it's all math. It's all math. It's all we're doing. Uh, Eddie, is it possible to get Scott's text in a daily blast at rockoftalk.chat? Dow, do you want this stuff? It, it's really funny. That is. I'm a good Catholic boy, so I don't know if I can even read those uh, kinds of texts. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> what would Eddie, my mother think? Hi, Eddie. We just uh, passed Wyoming and Academy. I was delighted to see at the intersection. There's probably about 60 people there protesting the anti-vaccine mask mandate. You're going to see that increase. You're going to see that increase. This is just madness. It's absolute madness. 
For listening to the debate, please tell the listeners you are for all New Mexicans, not just the Republicans. Am I saying I'm just for the Republicans? Am I giving off that field in some way? You mention it, but you don't say you're the you're only for Republican voters. Am I I the only guy who talks about you know I was back a Democrat in the '90s working with the Democrat Party? I mean, I don't hate Democrats. I hate the new Democrat Party. If you're a member of the progressives of the Democrat, you're never going to vote for us, and we don't need you to because you are a minority in the Democrat Party. So you progressives that are running uh, Joe Biden, Barack Obama stuff, all that kind of stuff. I can tell you right now, we're we're gonna we're going after the blue dog Democrats, and we're totally fine with that. Anyway, you're listening to the debate, please tell the listeners you are for all New Mexicans, not just the Republicans. I am for all New Mexicans. I'm for all, five for five oh five. Okay, that's what it says. I'm tired of people I talk to you about telling me that you hate Democrats. You're tired of me? Wow. So just honest feedback. This is good criticism. I'm I'm open for it. Eddie, good forum. It's not a forum. It's a fight. It's a debate. I find it funny that Mayor Keller just goes after Manny. He will not repute your comments. Uh, he does a lot of loaded stuff, a lot of prepared comments. He has a very fine-tuned machine uh, with Neri Olguin, who is his campaign manager. Uh, good that you get these people's uh, names. Let's see. Academy of Wyoming. Oh, they got the F. Biden uh, with the co- communist uh, uh, picture going on out there. There you go, Dad. How about that? So you can see that. Look at that. You guys are okay, all right. fixing that in. That's uh, awesome. Good stuff. Let's see. John texts in. Uh, what is it with liberals and using the word folks all the time, Eddie? We ought to have a drinking game for every time Keller uses the word folks. I didn't realize. I didn't actually pick up on that. Did you? Uh, yeah, a couple times, although I don't think folks is as often as uh, everything that's going wrong here is part of a national trend. Um, mm. Our health statistics are getting better, yes. and Albuquerque's the envy of the of the American West. Oh, oh, really? And yeah. somehow he has to be the health secretary of the market. <laughs> yes. it's like, what is it because you guys lost the two health secretaries? <laughs> but yeah, I'd be totally um, s faced on the floor in about ten minutes. Folks, folks, <laughs> folks, 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 ugh. Oh, uh, let's see. Betty, where can I get an Eddie Aragon sarn in my yard? I love the red, white, and blue you picked. I truly hope you win. We need your leadership. We need leadership in general. Can-do attitudes, people who love this state and who are giving back, and uh, that's what we're going to have. Let's see. Uh, Eddie, I'm getting tired of cleaning up the bum S. I'm counting on you winning. If not, I don't know what to do. Uh, Eddie, Manny doesn't even understand what the carrot stick metaphor even means. The carrot isn't compassion. It's a lure. <laughs> come here. Come here. Here, kitty, 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 here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh, good stuff. All right, more stuff. Uh, let's see what else we got. Eddie, there's a do not mail in ballots. Tell people now. The mail person knows which campaign literature you are getting and will steal your ballot, destroy it. Or even fill out about, just vote, folks, please. I, I don't want to get into the nuances of voting. Vote. Just get out there and vote. We're going to fill out a new ballot with your identification with their vote. They have no morals or honor, will cheat to win and laugh about it. No way to skip over Manny's time, Eddie, in this debate. I use his time to go to the bathroom or the refrigerator. This was pretty bad. Uh, Eddie, woohoo! Where do I get t-shirts? The protection may God be with you. And say all like that fast. Look at that. They've got themselves t-shirts, hats, and everything. So there you go. Make us order more. There you go. Uh, Tuesday, October the 5th, that was the 4 to 7 p.m. That's where they are. They're standing together and just saying no to the mandatory COVID-19 vaccines. Go by, give them a honk, give us a call, bring your friends, family, signs, American flags, protest at the intersection of Academy and Wyoming at New Mexico Freedom Fighters on, I think, Instagram. I can't tell. 
Eddie, congratulations. I think it's uh, going to make a matter of fact, I'm sure of it. I'm doing a lot of word of mouth when I'm in restaurants, but isn't that often, but when I am or wherever I happen to be, I'm getting good reports back and I'm excited. I'm praying for your safety and for your victory. We have to change Albuquerque. That's what we're going for, okay? I'm just simply a messenger and we're working hard to bring the right conversation. So keep doing that. Uh, audio was terrible. Thanks for fixing. Sandia just required full plot shot by December the 8th. Medical and religious accommodations can be requested, must be in by October the 15th. Hard to believe what we're living right now. Uh, Sandia just sent out a mandate on the VAX today. Have until 12 8. It's an awful day. Awful, awful day. Eddie, uh, what plans does Eddie have to improve the education system K through 12 if he becomes mayor? I think we should delve more deeply into that. We'll do that right after uh, Murder Mike and report there. Um, what can we do? What should we do? How can we get more people, more students, excuse me, uh, into the Albuquerque public schools uh, being there? 14,000 of them. Tim Keller has never been held accountable for any of that. None of it. Think about that. All right, Murder Mike, go ahead. What's going on out there on the uh, mean streets of Albuquerque during this uh, beautiful balloon fiesta time? It is a beautiful day outside, uh, and uh, it is uh, monsoon season is officially over, and the temperatures are dropping, so that's a good thing. Uh, no more rain, supposedly. Uh, today is the fourth day of the 49th annual International Balloon Fiesta, with balloons clear to launch this morning. So far, there has been three balloon incidents, two in power lines and one into trees, and it's official. Albuquerque will now see speed cameras again. Last night's city council approved a new automated speed enforcement ordinance. Citations are payable with $100 or four hours of community service. How about that? I mean, <laughs> you can't make this. And I got to take this time. To, I want to thank my, uh, my colleague, Ken Sanchez, man. This guy has been writing my copy and, and doing my numbers, crushing my stats, and right down to the wire. And guy's doing a dynamite job. And I just want to thank him, you know, for doing such a great job. So moving into the stats, nighttime crime time. That's the new, my new, <laughs> how about that? Nighttime crime time. Statistics, shots fired, 13. Disturbance calls, there were 11 last night. Three armed robberies, four drug overdoses, eight assaults, 10 domestic disputes, three burglaries, Five in, intoxicated individuals, two suicide calls, one vandalism call, and one suspicious death. That was in the 4300 block of Prospect Northeast, a male, age 30, unknown cause of death at this time, and one carjacking that happened early this morning. So, um, But no, no shootings, no homicides, and no stabbings to report last night. So busy night in Albuquerque, but all uh, just kind of... Uh, a mix of everything going on. So that's a kind of a quick look at what happened in the last 24 hours. I've been up all night, so <laughs> that's it for today. Hmm. Did you uh, go to bed at all during this time? I mean, uh, as soon as the you know sun comes up, I suppose that you're you know right in the middle of it all uh, and paying attention to the balloons. Is there anything to pay attention to? I mean, you better be getting some sleep there, Murder Mike. Uh, I haven't been to bed yet. After the, um, because of the way things were going last night, all these kind of all these incidents happened over a 24-hour period of time. So literally, from the time I got off the air with you till about seven this morning, I stayed up, you know, to make sure the balloons got up. Then after that, I had to go take care of my regular daytime business and you know, like paying bills and doing that kind of stuff. So oh, I'll get to bed one of these days. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, be well. All right. I uh, appreciate you uh, being here. 550 Any questions, thoughts, anything that uh, you might have? Uh, we do have to run to some, some commercial breaks because we didn't take any for that uh, very uh, long time. So we got to make sure we take good care of our advertisers here on this radio station. So why don't we do that? Not even an out. Uh, let's do that and uh, help our advertisers who help your listening right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature Solotone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout. And this is Deb Slight from Tan Rio West Light. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions. You can reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at Tan Rio, 994-2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. I'm Nancy Giblin, owner of Sugar Hollow, a boutique residential assisted living community in the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood. Dedicated to exceptional care for your loved one, Sugar Hollow provides daily wellness activities that engage the mind, body, and spirit. Join us for Happy Hour Fridays, Sugar Hollow style, featuring local musicians playing tunes your loved ones will recognize and enjoy. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Boutique style assisted living, 270-0801. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes... She owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we 
also have over 100 lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home? Software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856 1171 856 1171 or you can email him directly michael at michaeltrujillo.com that's michael at michaeltrujillo.com hi this is mark minicucci with the minicucci insurance agency we're privately held and locally owned we market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within new mexico and the surrounding states we are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses we focus on construction onshore energy defense contractors health care professional liability and a variety of other industries call us today at 883-3683 2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. All right, 6.33 here in the Keeville. I'll go till 7 o'clock. Dad will check out in about uh, 12 minutes. We'll take some uh, phone calls. we got a couple of phone calls. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Eddie, hi. My name is, my name is David. Hi, David. I was Thanks just for calling, calling in. I was, hey, I was just calling to comment on the, okay. on the debate tonight. Go ahead, sir. You know, I, I spoke to you about a year or so ago. I don't recall where, but we had a little bit of an exchange. It was brief about, you know, my desire to leave New Mexico. Yeah. And you, you told me no. I mean, you tried to talk me out of it. And at the time, it's like, no, it's not going to work. Listening to your previous two debates, I have hope now. And I want to thank you so much because you have given me and my family hope that there is a, stand, there is a chance that we may see a, a vibrant Albuquerque in my lifetime. Because listening to those other two, it's unbelievably hard to stomach. Can you, you get involved? You are the only true voice. Can you get What's involved? That? Can you get involved? I know that, you know, we've asked you to stay here, but uh, what what can you do from your vantage point? I mean, I realize that, you know, private businesses have been under attack. We've done the essential versus non-essential. I realize they've been going at your will. You know, what what would you, after considering, and I think everybody should listen, after considering picking up and leaving uh, Albuquerque and not being happy about the environment, I mean, the, we don't need to go through the rankings or economic uh, you know, indices or anything like that. But what what could you do in your time to help turn Albuquerque around and, and love this place so, some more? Well, you know, with the enthusiasm that you're bringing to me, I can use my voice. I talk to people now all the time, encouraging them, mm-hmm. people who have lost hope, 
that don't ever think they can see an Albuquerque or a New Mexico with any kind of vibrancy other than welfare and, and you know, uh, uh, government programs, government stepping in on every action. I mean, I want to see people who, yeah. who are like you. I mean, you know, like me. You know, There's we more and to, more, to isn't there? Our, we want to make our own way, you know? Isn't and there more? There's more of you. There's more of me. There's mm-hmm. a, don't, doesn't it feel that way lately? Doesn't feel like there's been more and more of that over the last year. I, I, I even want to say. Well, you know, ever since the uh, the election, mm-hmm. I saw a total total decrease. Prior to that, I was seeing even I should say prior to COVID. I mean, I was really seeing some enthusiasm, and then after COVID hit, then you know it, it started waning a little bit, and then after the election was over with. And we've seen what's going on in Washington and what is happening to our country. Then I've seen a lot of dismal people. You know, they're really disappointed. I think a lot of the people that I've talked to, there's a lot of Biden supporters that are really, really disillusioned by what the world is going on. I agree. They really thought that he was going to rule as a moderate, and they are not happy with what's going on. But unfortunately, you know, You, you reap what you sow. I mean, you know, we're going to have to deal with this for a couple more, three more years. And so, I mean, voices such as yourself, voices such as President Trump, you know, there's a, I'm seeing a lot of improvement in the quality. Unfortunately, I don't see it here, but in, in the quality of people running as Republicans throughout the country, you know, Vietnam, uh, veterans, you know, a lot of veterans that are running and you listen to them and they, I mean, they, ha- they offer such a refreshing outlook compared to what we have here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's so, I'm hoping, I really am, you've been my beacon, that's for sure, the beacon for my family, that's right. But we have a yard sign out in our front yard. Oh, that's great. Eddie Aragon for mayor. Wow. And and my gosh, you know, if if this city doesn't see this, listen to that debate. Yeah. Just listen to the three. I mean, it's such an easy resolution to see who's got a vision for the city, who's got a vision for for Albuquerque, for the citizens. It's a joke. I mean, it's yeah. always been a joke here. Well, they don't care enough. Uh, they've been on the job. They've already had their opportunity. Uh, you well, know, you know, they're it, sitting there. They're sitting there pounding on each other. Yeah, it's old. You know, yeah, sit, you know, for six months. By I'm the, the way, I'm the one that's going to fight crime, dude. We got the six, what, sixty-nine murders? Who's been? Who's been the, the, ni- the sheriff the, for eight years? Ninety-six. Yeah, ninety-six uh, murders. And, and okay, they, well, who's been the sheriff for eight years? Mm-hmm. And yet he's blaming Mayor Keller. Mayor Keller's blaming him. Both you guys. You know, you kind of x each other out. You know, it's incredible, you know, just to listen to this stuff. And then yet you come out with this clear, concise voice of what you want to do, which is what everybody wants to hear. You know, it's like, my God, we, I know we have problems, but fix the darn things. Just fix quit it. Get in there. Yeah, them. Quit, quit. Fix them. Yeah, and stop attacking each other, and let's focus exactly. on the actual issue. We have no nowhere. idea what's happening. It was six months in during this entire time, and we have no vision, no leadership. It's one of the reasons why why I got in. Thank you so much for staying here. Well, well, well let me make one sure. more comment. Go ahead, sir. I saw in the paper, I believe it was last Friday, where Mayor Keller came out with a 42-point plan to attack crime. Yeah, that's correct. Where the hell has that been? Well, where uh, has that been? You you pull that you pull that out 44 <laughs> days ahead of, exactly. ahead of your re-election is what you do. Like, and, how do they always have answers right at an election time? Well, I don't know anything. And they really don't. They haven't had answers. Uh, and they don't. You know, I've never held po- uh, public office before. You know, Donald Trump didn't ho- uh, hold office before. Look what he did. He turned it around. He cared about it. They attacked him. They killed him. I know that's coming for me. I know mm-hmm. that I will. I, I'm telling you right now. I will. I will be a one-term mayor. I will go yeah. in there, turn around. They're going to come in and attack me. 
And then everybody would be like, how did we unelect that guy? What the, what the well, heck? There's a guy who actually, and, and I'll go right back to the radio right after that, and I'll say, okay, well, I, we, we turned it around, but you guys didn't want it bad enough because they, they hate people who love this city. They hate people. Yeah. And, and you've had Manny in there. I feel one thing that, unfortunately, Keller is right on. He's been in there twice as long as Keller has. You know, exactly. and, and, and Keller, if you look at Keller, you uh, see Cheryl Williams Stapleton. He was the auditor. He was engaged and and probably working with her, knowing this. She was just taking money hand over fist on this whole thing. How come we're not going after Tim Keller for not finding that? Uh, for not finding out about Cheryl Williams Stapleton. So I'm gonna do it like I love it. Whether you guys give me four years or forty years, I don't care. All I want to do well, is just make a better city, and it looks like that's what you want to. Well, Eddie, the thing that I can see from you just by listening to you on the radio is. You've got the skin for it. Yeah. You know, just like Donald Trump could stand up and take the barrage. I have every confidence in you, too. Yeah, and I don't, I, and I don't that, mind it. Whatever. You've got that, that you can, yeah. They're still you know, going after him after be. he left. After he left, yeah. they're still going after Sure. The guy only made $16, and they tried to say, well, he did it all for himself for power. I'm like, yeah. the guy lost money. He wasn't even, a, like, yeah. you know, he lost a billion and a half dollars in net worth. Yeah, <laughs> donated donated his salary every quarter. That's right. He made sixteen I mean, he bucks. Took a penny. All of his family did. Yep. You know they said they enriched themselves. You know really. Yeah. Uh, anyway, God bless you, sir. Thank you very uh, much. We're rooting for you. We're Thank rooting you. For you every day. We're in, we extended this we're election. To get people involved. We extended this What's election. That? I'm going to be calling on the phone tonight, making uh, phone calls tonight, uh, and seeing if I can get to fifty thousand uh, phone calls and five thousand uh, dollars, five thousand doors knocked. I think I can get it done. And then I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to show you what I did. Very good call. Call here in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can. Your name? Uh, the name is Matthew. Two. Go ahead, Matthew. Matthew, two. Hey. Go ahead. Hey, I just want to say, hey, Eddie. Hey, ever since I've heard uh, you're running for mayor, I say, hey, there is hope for this city. Eddie. I appreciate that. You're kind of breaking up just a little bit, so make sure you look out at the sun. It's breaking up just a tad, yeah. sir. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm in a parking garage. Uh, that's, that's okay. Why. That's okay. No, um, yeah, I, I will say, you know, you have have my vote, and you definitely will have my dad's vote. He and I both voted for Trump on twice. Twice, and like I said, you know, we we need. Uh, we need to deal with all. We need to deal with a lot of problems with the city, city, and you know. Oh, I I hope you can uh, bring back the one day or not day statue because I. Oh, I, there I, we go. Music to my yeah. ears. Out of boy. You know, I think uh, I, actually it was Gonzalez's people who actually helped bring down the Oñate statue. We've got evidence of all that kind of stuff. A little bit of a setup uh, on that, and some people affiliated with the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Gonzalez, I'm just waiting for them to just attack me one more time so we, we can literally prove what was happening over there. And there's a lot of information coming out about the people who are behind that. You know, it was a bit of a, a setup. They, they were looking for one of those opportunities to kind of tear the city apart. So we're, we're waiting for that. But we'll no doubt about it. We will uh, be bringing the Juan de Oñate statue. I will talk about that day and night. And, and uh, I will be celebrating Columbus Day. And uh, we will certainly say Indigenous Peoples Day, and we'll offer them another part of the calendar, at least here locally, and see if they go for it. So I think uh, if they want to go ahead and talk about Indigenous Peoples Day, we can do that. But I think that's something I'm going to use the bully pulpit of the uh, mayor's office 
to talk more about cultural heritage. Uh, I think I mentioned to several people I will abolish and get rid of the Office of Equity and Inclusion. Did you know that that was established under Mayor Keller? That's that's going away. You know, uh, Phoenix doesn't have it. San Antonio doesn't have it. This is just stuff that we just we just don't need uh, at all. Uh, we have an Office of Civil Rights. I don't know where this came in or why that's necessary. Um, we need to talk about Hispanic cultural heritage uh, here. If we want to uh, establish something for indigenous uh, cultural heritage, I think we just need world heritage uh, like uh, the city of Phoenix has. So there's some departments there that we've added. We've got to go ahead and move them out of the way. Too much PC, too much uh, politics uh, being played at the city of Albuquerque <laughs> under Tim Keller. I, hey, you know, I, will, I, will t- I will tip my hat to you, and uh, I'll try to do everything I can to support you. For, uh, for me. I appreciate yeah. it, sir. Thanks for the phone call. Sorry for the uh, inability to communicate uh, everything. We'll take one more phone call that will wrap it up. Uh, here we get uh, D. Dowd Muska very quickly before you uh, take off. Um, uh, we want to go ahead and subscribe uh, uh, to rockoftalk.chat. Uh, Dowd is working day and night on that, and it's important that you guys uh, subscribe. Uh, any uh, sort of tease on what we're uh, talking about tomorrow very quickly? Well, we talk a little bit about Captain James Tiberius Kirk. Um, he will be taking off about a week from today, I guess it is, uh, via yeah. another space uh, uh, space uh, tourist uh, facility in another state with another company. And I'm going to take a look, Eddie, at what's going on in the spaceport industry okay. and how more and more companies and more and more tourists are basically saying we're going anywhere but New Mexico. And mm. uh, thanks for all of those of us who are paying the bills for this empty facility down in Sierra County. There you go. It is empty. Uh, by the way, there is an art bus collision at Central and New York, which is right downtown. Uh, actually, right there. I was there earlier today. Uh, thanks to Chris Ramirez for doing the interview. Hung out over at the Country Club. But Central New York is uh, right uh, by one of our advertisers, uh, the Rain Tunnel Car Spa. So, all right, folks, I'm going to run to the phones. I'm going to go get some more coffee. Thank you, Dowd, uh, so much uh, for being here. Don't stay and, up too late tonight, young I'm 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 gonna do it until nine o'clock is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, phone calls until nine o'clock. I won't bother you until nine o'clock. Love to talk to you guys directly. You're welcome as always to talk uh, right here on the radio. Uh, my competitors are welcome to equal time here on my radio station as well if they want to talk about it or even debate. Same live call format, whatever they want to do. Uh, give them use of our air. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in on AM six hundred KIABQ FM RockofTalk.com. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.